Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, that is what you wanted. Am I right? Is that what you were looking for? Is that what you were hoping for? Is that what you wanted to see when you sat down in front of the television to watch jazz basketball? That was a beating. And the Jazz can say whatever they want about 3-1, and that was that year, and this is this year. But as Donovan said, and you'll hear it later this morning, uh, later in this hour, uh, it is kind of fresh in our mind. And they got up 3-1 and led by 17 points in Game 5 in the bubble against Denver and lost the series. So at 3-1, man, they came out. They did not want any part of what happened last year. They want to go back to Memphis. They didn't want the flight. They didn't want the extra game, the flight back, all that stuff. They wanted to put Memphis away, and that was the best the offense can look. The ball was moving. Guys were running. They found the open guy. Nobody passed up shots. Guys hit shots. 47 points in a quarter. They missed a three late. I think it was Clarkson. They could have had a 50-point quarter. I mean, a 50. They had 30 points midway through the quarter. I was thinking about a 60-point quarter, thinking there's no way they can sustain this. And sure enough, they cooled off. But took control right of the way. Jumped on them early, as the cliche goes. And a 20-point lead at the end of the first quarter. 47 points in the opening quarter. 75 at halftime. With Donovan Mitchell trash-talking Dylan Books viciously. Get the bleep out. I thought Dylan Brooks played great defense on Donovan on that possession with 45 seconds left in the half. And Donovan tries to get around him to the right, tries to back up, then goes back at him, then shoots a step-back fadeaway three and hits it with Dylan Brooks jumping at him. I thought Dylan Brooks did everything possible. I thought Donovan was on the verge of getting an offensive foul. His left hand was clearly trying to grab Dylan's leg and just kind of pull himself past and it didn't work, so he didn't get called because there's no advantage gained. And then he hits that shot. And then Brooks like kind of shoves him in the back going down court. And Donovan just starts trash-talking him. Get the bleep out. And looking away and then looking back. And, man, there was venom in his eyes. Get the bleep out. And the fans are on their feet soaking up every second of it. It was uh, – if you buy a ticket for playoff basketball, that is what you want, Right. You want a villain, you got your good guys, you got your bad guys, and your good guys dominate early, build a massive lead. Uh, It was 24 at halftime. It was 30 points at the end of the third quarter. What a beating. Now, fourth quarter, the Jazz lost their edge, and Memphis made a run, but it didn't matter because the lead was just so enormous. So after losing the first game without Donovan and then winning the next four, and boy, does that underline the point preparation matters. You know, they prepared thinking Donovan was going to play. Practice the day before, shoot around the morning of. Then he gets waved off, and, you know, it's 4.30, and everybody's scrambling. The preparation matters. Gobert gets in foul trouble. They tried to do it to Gobert again. They went at him early. Harpering was on that, and I thought he was spot on. I thought that was a good call by Matt. They were trying to get him in foul trouble, and he didn't bite. He uh, challenged a bunch of shots, but when there was a little too much trouble, don't go overboard, you know, discretion. Let, sometimes you got to let him go, and they get the bucket, and he did. And uh, it all worked out. Everything came together. Five different guys hitting three-pointers early on in that first quarter. And then Donovan going off at the end of the half. The only downside to all of this is that Mike Conley's hamstrings bothered him again. He only played 12 minutes in the game. And literally, I don't think anything else went wrong. I thought Rudy, even though for a while they were just running by him, he didn't mind. He stayed connected and all that stuff, all the words they like. And then he ended up piling up a massive double-double of his own. 
and Royce O'Neal shot it. Donovan shot it. Uh, Joe didn't. I guess that's one, you know, but had a bunch of good assists, and Clarkson had it going. So, heck of a performance, and I'll go back to what I said earlier. Memphis is a good team, and the Jazz are better, and they're going to win this series. I did think they were going to drop a game in Memphis. Now, there was more urgency in Memphis than I expected after the Jazz dropped that game one. Uh, which I didn't think they were going to drop, but you know, I thought Donovan was going to play. Uh, so there's a little more urgency there, and Dylan Brooks as a villain really got under their skin. It wasn't just, hey, he's the playoff villain, and the fans are into it, but players are kind of like, yeah, this stuff happens all the time. Somehow he crossed the line, and they really don't like him. <laughs> they just really do not like him at all. And that probably gave him a little more fuel. So now they're done, and they're waiting for the Mavericks-Clippers winner. The series where home court is a major disadvantage. The Mavs won on the road. That's five straight road wins in that series. The Mavs won in L.A. Uh, crazy game, back and forth. Uh, I, would, I was watching the Jazz game, and we were getting right. I was working at TV last night, so we were focused on that. So I was kind of dropping in on the, the Mavs Clippers, and the Clippers were in control, and then the Mavs were back in the game, and then the Mavs were up. And then I had a chance to watch with the Jazz game over and all the post-game edit and everything, and the Clippers hit two big shots to stretch the five-point lead to ten. And they're up 101-91, and sure enough, the Clippers come right back, and they had their chances. They had a chance to take the lead. They had another possession with a chance to tie um, Batum in traffic. I'm, I find it hard to believe that's the shot the Clippers wanted, but that was the one they got nonetheless. And then uh, Kawhi with a contested corner three, and they don't go. And so the Mavericks are up 3-2 going home. And, of course, Luka Doncic, I don't know what was going on with the shooting pain and uh, the the tingling, the, all that stuff, pinched nerve, whatever, but he looked great. 42 points, 14 assists. He looked outstanding. So they'll play Friday night, and if the Mavericks win, they'll come to Utah for Game 1 Sunday. And if the Clippers win, then it's back to L.A. for Game 7 Sunday, and the Jazz won't start until Tuesday. So that's what we're looking at there. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from the Grizzlies and get their thoughts on this series and on the Jazz, and we will do that next. We'll hear from Ja Morant and Dylan Brooks next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. The Jazz have won the series four games to one. A big old blowout victory in Game 5. Now, where do the Grizzlies go from here? Good team, made it to the playoffs, got a bunch of guys who are 25 and younger. The arrow is up. They need to add some veterans, which, you know, four years ago was the spot the Jazz were in. They need to add some three-point shooting, which two years ago was the spot the Jazz were in. They need to do those things, but there is definitely hope in Memphis. The rebuild looks like it's off to a good start, and now they got to add some more pieces. Well, the guy it's all built around, John Morant. Here he is at the podium after the Jazz eliminate the Grizzlies. Ja, I know this wasn't the result. Um, we've heard a lot of the players say that all of y'all's message is that you guys will be back. Um, walking off that court for the season that you guys had, what's going through your mind? And are you already figuring out and planning in your head already about what you need to work on? Um, a lot of, you know, mixed emotions. You know, obviously, uh, none of us like, you know, losing. Uh, and we definitely, you know, didn't. 
uh, want our season to, you know, end the way it did. Uh, but, I mean, we have, a, you know, a lot to be proud of. You know, our fight, uh, we had a, you know, unbelievable season. Uh, you know, we achieved, you know, uh, one, of, one of our goals. Uh, we all, you know, just stayed positive. You know, we all had the same message, like you said. Um, I mean, we know what we got to do. Uh, everybody, you know, hungry for more. Uh, we know this all season is, you know, very important. Um, so, you know, we're going to find a way to, you know, lock in, you know, put the work in and also, you know, get together and, you know, uh, plan, you know, work out together. Evan Barnes. Ja, you mentioned one of the goals of the season was getting to the playoffs and you guys got to taste it. And now that it's, it's over, what is that going to do for you guys more for the bubble last year? made you guys want to work? What is this postseason going to do for you guys? You think just giving you more of that taste of kind of what to expect now for the future? Um, it's really, you know, the same thing as last year, you know, we was right there. Uh, so we kind of, you know, knew what it take, uh, to, you know, get to the playoffs. So coming into this year, you know, we was hungry, worked, and, you know, we achieved that goal. So now it's more. Uh, go to the next step. Uh, just got to, you know, uh, work even harder, you know, continue to grow together and, uh, you know, get it done. Uh, we have a, you know, very special group. Uh, so, you know, we all positive. Future is bright. Drew Hill. John, when people are looking for positives going into next season, and what would you identify as the biggest reasons uh, for, I guess, Grizzlies fans to be optimistic about the future of this team? Um, I feel like, you know, throughout the series, you know, our fight, you know, to never give up no matter what's going on is, uh, you know, one of the biggest positives, you know, we had uh, in this playoffs. Um, obviously, everybody, you know, know the talent we have. You know, we had a lot of guys, you know, step up. Uh, throughout the season, you know, when their name was called. So um, how deep our roster is, you know, is a plus for us because, you know, we have multiple guys who can do a lot of things on the floor. Uh, so I, I think, you know, we just got to, like I said, continue to grow together. Kristen Peak. Hey, Ja. Um, I saw you and your dad, T, kind of share a moment in the pregame. And um, you got a nice warm welcome here. Um, from the Utah fans, how much more comfortable did you feel about, you know, seeing your dad sitting courtside and not having to worry about anybody bothering? And what was your reaction to the fans um, kind of giving you some love tonight? Um, you know, me and my family, you know, appreciate, you know, uh, the Utah fans tonight and, you know, the organization, uh, players, coaches, uh, owners for, you know, taking care of, you know, us on this uh, trip here. Um, obviously, I know uh, I had a couple family members, you know, who never sat, but sat courtside. So, you know, they got to experience it, you know, uh, today. Um, obviously, you know, everybody, you know, know knew what went on. Um, but like, you know, we've been saying before, it, it, it's not everybody. So um, for them, you know, to show the love uh, they did, you know, uh, on this trip, uh, you know, sits in a special place, you know, in me and my family's heart. So uh, we appreciate that. Josh Robbins. Josh, ja, I know you're just 20 minutes removed from the final buzzer, but what are some of the areas individually that you're going to seek to improve on in the months ahead? Everything. Clayton Collier. 
John, it's one thing to have young talent, but it's another thing to have that culture on improvement and just people being so passionate about wanting to improve. Just how much more energizing is that for this team about where you guys can go when you have that kind of shared mentality? Um, it's, you know, it's big time. You know, it just shows, you know, uh, everybody here is, you know, bought in and, you know, want to be better. Um, I feel like, you know, we all, you know, have that, you know, never satisfied mentality. And, you know, we all want to work. We all want to be better. And for, you know, it to be everybody uh, is a big plus. You know, we just got to continue to, you know, do what we've been doing. Um, lock in, you know, this all season. Um, and, you know, just be prepared, you know, for uh, next season. Time for one more. Christos? Hey, John, from your perspective, what are the aspects that you are most proud of about your about your team, about the effort of, of, for the whole season? And how important is to build on that season that you made as a team? Can you repeat that, please? Yeah. What are the aspects of your team that you are most proud of? Speaking about the effort, about the, com the camaraderie, everything. And how important is to build on that season as a team? Um, you know, I'm just proud of our fight. You know, we, we played, you know, the team uh, with the best record, you know, in the league. Uh, team who who sat at the number one spot, you know, in the West. And, you know, no matter what was going on, you know, we continue to fight, continue to play hard. You know, we st stayed together. Um, and, you know, that led us to, you know, be in a position to, you know, uh, have an opportunity to, you know, win games. And, um, I feel like, you know, that's a big positive. Obviously, you know, We're still working on, you know, trying to play, you know, a full 48 minutes. But, you know, um, I think we all are starting to find, you know, identity and letting, you know, our defense, you know, fuel our offense. Um, and also just, you know, everybody being bought in and everybody staying positive, you know, no matter what happens. Um, shows, you know, how quick, you know, we can turn the page and, you know, not let, you know, one thing carry over to another. There is John ja Morant. Now here is the villain, public enemy number one, a guy who actually thought did some good things for Memphis and is part of their bright future. Uh, but no Jazz fan wants to hear that. He's public enemy number one. Here's Dylan Brooks. Dylan, um, I know this wasn't the result that you guys wanted. Um, Coach Jenkins said that his message was just so how proud of he is of you guys. Um, just walking off that court, you know, what has this season meant to you and just to go through it with this group of guys? Uh, it means the world. Um, you know, we fought through all kinds of stuff and you know this year um with you know protocol with guys coming out of covid uh injuries all year um we stood together and found a way to you know complete our goal and is that to you know make the playoffs and uh you know play hard and play together you know during that time and um you know we'll be back you know uh i think the the taste of the playoffs is on everybody's you know mind and Um, you know, this offseason is going to be a special offseason for every single one of, you know, our my teammates. Drew Hell. Dylan, you kind of already answered the question. Uh, obviously, getting a taste of this makes you more hungry, I'm guessing. But how what – did, what did you learn about playoff basketball? Um, and, you know, having been a part of it now for, for five games, what did you learn about the playoffs versus the regular season? Um, adjustments. You know, you're going against the same team potentially seven times and, um, you know, um, just adjustments. It's um, so much detail, especially with this team, you know, you can't make mistakes. 
Um, somehow you got to play, you know, a perfect game and um, do every single thing that you got to do in the scout, even on your own. Um, understanding the player that you're about to guard, and you know that's what I think. You know, I'm going to take, and I hope my teammates take the same approach um, with all this because you know it's an amazing feeling to be in this position uh, in the playoffs because you know you're at the highest level, and we got to go against the best team in the NBA. So um, uh, we just got to be hungry and just um, you know use this as motivation. So, you know, work on your game, you know, because the playoffs are going to show you, you know, what you need to work on um, because, you know, you're playing, like I said, you're playing the same team, you know, potentially seven times to get the home man, they get to, you know, find your weaknesses, um, see see what you're made of. And, you know, guys, you know, got to rewatch this and know exactly, you know, what they need to work on this season, I mean, this offseason. Kevin Barnes. Maybe a lot of outsiders didn't expect you guys to to be in this position. But if you if you could, just what was it like to kind of go through the season with the the tough second half, not having Jaron and Justice for for a while, but just to be able to either overcome some of the expectations or just kind of you know even just get to this point, have to like fight to just get to the playoffs. Yeah, you know that's what we're built. That's how we're built. Um, you know, we hit adversity and we hit it hard, um, and you know other guys had to step up. And that's growth in itself. And, you know, we fight ahead on and, you know, we find a way every single every single night to battle. Um, you know, I don't see a lot of teams, you know, playing as hard as us. And, you know, that's contagious throughout our team. And, you know, we hold a standard to where if you come on the floor, you know, you got to play just as hard. And, you know, um, We'll be back. Sean Coleman. Dylan, first off, congratulations to you and the team on a great season this year. Um, and, you know, you had mentioned at the first of the year when you were asked, is the goal of this team to make the playoffs, your exact words were, hell yeah. And, and y'all, it, it obviously met that goal. But can you just talk about how playing with each other and, you know, this the enjoyment that y'all have of playing with each other allows for everybody on this team to, you know, see what's expected of them and the team itself, how everybody has developed for a positive. And obviously, you know, it's been such a special season for everybody. Yeah, everybody got better throughout the year. Um, growth and then honestly understanding, you know, what, what you need to work on uh, for next year. Uh, I feel like we got a lot of pros on our team who approach the game at a different level and – you know, that's what the offseason is for. Um, and, you know, we play an unselfish basketball where we get everyone involved. And, you know, that makes everyone want to play and want to play hard and play for each other. Um, you know, it's, it's clear cut. We, you know, we compete, we play together. And, you know, we love each other on that court. And, you know, we would, we would do anything, you know, for each other, you know, on that court. We have time for one more. Terry Davis. Hey, what's up, BB? Good. Hey, man, you guys had a successful season, had some great building blocks. What can you take from this season to have an even more successful season for next year? Um, you know, our defense got tested. Um, you know, we got to keep guys in front. Um, you know, our rotation is going to be better. Um, and, you know, um, 
when the going gets tough, you got to find a way to, you know, make shots. Um, that's the, that's the main thing. Um, you know, we got to see what we, how we, you know, match up against, you know, the number one seed. And, you know, we gave them, you know, every single fight, you know, that we could. Um, you know, our defense got tested. Um, you know, we should we, we could have played with the pass a little better um, during this series. Uh, and then, you know, guys just got to watch the film and, uh, you know, make their weaknesses, their strengths. Um, so when we come back, you know, we're going to be that unstoppable team. There is Dylan Brooks, public enemy number one. When we come back, the best of the Jazz postgame show. You heard from Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Quinn Snyder. That's all coming up next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to hear from the Utah Jazz after they knocked the Grizzlies out with a dominating performance. Very good right from the start of the game, and they carried it through three quarters and a 30-point lead. Very impressive. Here is the best of the postgame show. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz are moving on. They dispatch of the Grizzlies in five games. They win last night 126 to 110 in dominating fashion. They were led by Donovan Mitchell at 30 points, 10 assists, and 6 rebounds. Only the third Jazz player in playoff history to have 30 points and 10 assists, joining, of course, John Stockton and Darren Williams as well. Rudy Gobert was dominant, 23 points, 15 rebounds, and 3 block shots for Rudy. Bogdanovich had 17, Royce O'Neal had 17, Clarkson had 24 Coming in off the bench, let's get some post game sound. Let's start things out with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Hey, coach. Um, you know, last year you guys. Um, well, first I want to ask um, how's Mike doing. But in, in secondary, you know, last year you guys were up three one, um, lost that three one lead. You know, so what's the feeling for you guys to be able to close out in five and, and really do it in, in in such a decisive manner as you did tonight? Well, I think it shows that last year's last year and this year's this year. Um, game three is game three. Game five is game five. You know, the thing about this time of year is that it's as important to be able to forget as it is to be able to remember. And, you know, I, I think our guys have been been focused on, you know, again, controlling what we can control to, to the extent that um, – you know, there's experience gained. Um, I think that's relevant. But you know, every every game is different. Not just not just every season, every year. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I really like that we were able to to lock in 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 game two after after losing game one. Um, we had some guys that played through fatigue, and you know, guys that came up big. Uh, you never know who it's going to be on a given night. You know, I, I thought, you know, Derek Favors, his, his stat line might not show it, 
Um, but the competitiveness is the thing that we've been talking about. Um, the way that Royce competed, we have a lot of guys that really competed and, and stayed focused on, you know, what the, what the job was we needed to do. Matthew calls AP. What did you do offensively in the first quarter to, to get to 47 points besides just make shots? What went right for, for your team on offense? Well, we, we really moved the ball, you know, and I think you know, when we do that, you know, the, the first thing that has to happen is we have to space. You know, we, you can't be standing next to each other to, to move the ball the way we want. Um, you know, that willingness to pass um, and to shoot. You know, I, I think the key is that those decisions are really quick decisions. And, you know, obviously, you know, we're capable of, of having stretches like that where we make shots, but it, it happens when the ball moves. Um, it slowed down a little in the second quarter. You can feel it. And that's just going to be a continual point of emphasis for us. It has been the whole season. And for guys to shoot the ball with confidence when they're open, no matter what, you know, no matter where it is in the shot clock, you know, if we've got good looks, we want to take them. And if we don't, we want to move the ball again until we find something. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, how important was it to kind of get out to the fast start that you guys had to kind of, you know, obviously when the shots started going down early and you guys were able to kind of put the pedal down, you know, and get out to a huge lead, whereas, you know, in previous games, it's kind of been a little more of a back and forth kind of affair. Yeah. Well, you know, Memphis is a really, really good team and they don't make it easy on you. They're, they're big. Um, they're obviously well coached. Um, they're excellent in the half court. And, you know, the, the key for us to be able to, to try to generate some of those looks is to get stopped. So um, that that's the first order of business is us defending and defensive rebounding. If we can do that, um, you know, you, you get out and there's no question you see the ball and go in the basket and it, it does give you a lift. I think, you know, for us, the, you know, something we've talked about all year is, you know, is maintaining our focus and our execution defensively when the ball's not going in. Uh, and that that's the case at times too, but it certainly feels better when it goes in. Ben Anderson, KSLsports.com. Quinn, what did you see from your guards after Mike went down? Well, you know, I, I thought we were very conscious of, you know, fatigue in certain guys. Um, tried to adjust rotations a little bit and use timeouts to, to do the best we could, keeping guys fresh. Um, you know, I thought the ability to throw the ball ahead and, and have other guys, you know, not have to bring the ball up the court or, you know, be able to make plays, but I also thought, you know, Donovan made really good decisions. You know, Joe really steadied us. I know, you know, his shot didn't go down, but, you know, without him, you know, those stretches become become difficult. Um, you know, additionally, I thought JC really picked his spots, um, obviously made some buckets, but also got in the lane and, and broke the defense down and that, you know, that was what we were trying to do is, is to continue to attack, you know, and, and not get knocked back and, and let the game slow down regardless of who was in the game. We have time for one last question. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, what can you tell us about what happened with Mike Conley? 
you know, you'll get evaluated um, after the game and, and over the course of the next 24 hours. And we'll be able to tell you more of that. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Let's now move on to the players. Let's start off with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, how important was it for you after last year being down 3-1 to get off to such a great start and score 47 points in the first quarter? Um, I think, you know, I think setting the tone was huge. Um, <clears throat> I think we did that as a unit on both ends of the floor. Um, and understanding that you can't give a team like that life. You know, you saw it at the end of the game. You give them some glimmer of hope, and then they come out there and start making shots. So we just wanted to try and take take that from them early. You know, I think we did a good job of that. And, you know, having last year be so fresh, you know, and I, I hate to keep harping on it, but, like, you know, it is what it is. You know, having it so fresh, uh, I think, definitely helped. And we're going to have to continue to, to have the same level of effort and intensity uh, every game. Uh, throughout these playoffs and you know tonight was good but we did what we were supposed to do and we got to go out there and take care of business next round Eric Walden Salt Lake Tribune Don you guys get off to that great start as you mentioned on both ends Mike goes out early in the second quarter kind of what was the focus how did things shift at that point to kind of making sure that even with him out you're able to kind of keep things going and and keep that momentum going um I think the biggest thing is <clears throat> just continuing to stay locked in mentally. I think we're all on, on the same page, on the same on the same wave. And I think that was that was a really helps. You know, when you obviously have Mike, a guy who's creating and getting the paint go down, you know, it can it can kind of rattle you, you know. But we were able to stay locked in, and you know, everybody stepped up and did what we were supposed to do. And uh, that's what championship teams do, and that's what our, our goal is to win a championship. And we got to be able to um, stay ready, regardless of who's out there, regardless of what happens and in the moment. Tony Jones, the athletic. Donovan, was it was it important for you guys to to, to lock in and, and, and finish this um, without an extra game or two in, in order to to try to get some significant rest and 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 try to heal up and, and just and just try to prepare for the next series? Yeah, um, for sure. I think you know. Just to travel, going back to Memphis, playing that game, coming back home. Like, that's a three-hour flight there. Playing the game, three-hour flight back. Like, that's a lot on your body. You know, so if you can eliminate those factors um, when you're getting ready for the next round, I think it's huge. Um, and I think that was really our mindset. We just want to go out there and, and compete, and we want to take a three-hour flight back, uh, you know. And although their crowd was dope, I got to give their shout-out to their crowd because the crowd in the DJ was, was on point. You know, he knew what he was doing. But, you know, definitely wanted to finish it out here in front of the home crowd. Uh, Nayo Campbell, UtahJazz.com. Um, hey, Donovan. So when you guys clinched the number one seed, I asked Jordan Clarkson what song describes his current mood right now. So now going into the second round playoffs, I want to know what describes your current mood right now. <laughs> oh, man. Um. I don't know. I mean, it's a tough question. I naturally go to like a, a Hove song, um, <clears throat> probably like Threat by Hove. I just, that's just been a song I play pretty much every day um, by Jay-Z. I don't know if everybody knows who Hove is. Um, is Jay-Z? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if everybody knows, but um, probably Threat, you know, I think it's just, Symbolic, I guess, in a way. Um, it's just we're going out there, continue to do what we do. Um, so, yeah, the kids don't listen to it. 
we can find a way to bleep it out. <laughs> uh, ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Donovan, you won your first ever playoff series and then you lost four straight. It's been a few years. Do you have a different appreciation for it now that it, you know, they don't come easily? Yeah, it's it's funny. Like I, I told I just said that right before I came out here and people were like, no way. Like people don't really even know that. Like, you know what I mean? And that for me, this one was huge because it was just like, man, like I haven't done this since my rookie year, you know, and I feel like for me personally and, you know, it's just something that I've wanted to accomplish, but it's not the end goal but it's definitely something you appreciate along the way. And we did, like I said, we did what we were supposed to do, but at the end of the day, you got to appreciate where you're at too, uh, because you can get lost in the shuffle of everything. So understanding you do it in front of the home crowd um, is big time, but the job's not done and we got to continue to go out there and fight. But for me personally, I think it's, it's a, it's a moment that I'll enjoy uh, for the night and then get ready to play uh, whoever it is next round. Nick Friedel, ESPN. Donovan, to follow up on that and what you touched on at the beginning, do you feel like you guys exercised some demons tonight because of the way that series against Denver ended last season? Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at the way we competed, you know, throughout every quarter, um, I'll go back to the Denver series. We did that for the first two and a half quarters. Um, Jokic came out on fire uh, to start the game. We weathered that storm. We were doing our thing, went up 15. Jamal wasn't really scoring. And then we kind of let up, you know, and we got to a point a little bit today where we kind of let up and then we relocked locked back in. But, you know, that was pretty much the mindset every quarter, you know, taking it step by step and, you know, understanding that even though it's a 30 point lead, we still have habits. You know, we still have things we need to focus on and get better at and understanding that, like I said, having that be so fresh in our brain, you know, um, and having that hurt still there, I think definitely helped with tonight. But, um, it just shows the poise that we have as a team, as a unit. Uh, we came out with the right mindset, and we got to continue to do that. Christo Salta, Sport DNA out of Greece. <clears throat> Hello, Donovan. Congratulations on your advance to West Semis. What are the improvements that you made as a team from game two to game four to game five? And what are the takeaways from that series from your perspective? Um, I think we did, you know, we made some good adjustments on, on Ja. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, He's averaged like 26 the series, but like he's tough. You know, Dylan Brooks is tough. And I think that making it tougher on them, um, being able to shift, staying locked in, staying on the boards, getting rebounds, uh, picking them apart on offense, I think was huge. Um, game one, they kind of they kind of were out there just, you know, moving freely, you know, kind of doing what they do. And I think we locked back in and understood there was going to be adjustments. I understand it's a seven-game series and we got to go out there and play them again and again. And I think the adjustments that we made were uh, – we're, we're important and impactful. Um, and I think that's, that's the biggest thing is making it tougher on those guys uh, to see the reads and, and, to, uh, and to score. Uh, Corey Harrison out of bounds. <clears throat> hey, Donovan, how you doing, man? How you doing? Great. So such an interesting season for your team. What is the energy surrounding the going into the next round? Um. Well, this game is over. You know, the series is over, and we didn't come this far to just win one series and kind of be like, oh, we didn't lose 3-1, like, you know, we're 4-1 like we did last year. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we come out here, and it's just one series, you know, and we got to go out there and do it again um, and again and again. So for us, it's understanding, that, like I said, savor the moment, enjoy it, you know, because it's been three years. But also at the same time, uh, we have a job to do. Uh, so it's going out there, watching film, getting locked in uh, mentally, mentally and physically ready and getting rested and getting ready to go. 
All right, we have time for one more. Uh, is Sarah Todd Deseret News? Donna, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. Are you, uh, are you under the weather? <laughs> yeah, I had um, these allergies are kicking my butt, man. I, I was up every hour on the hour last night. Um, probably the worst sleep I've had in my life, but um, such is life. It happens, uh, but I'll be fine. Donovan Mitchell, 30 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. Monster game for Donovan. 11 of 16 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3. Let's move on and now hear from Rudy Gobert. Rudy, uh, can you just start off by speaking to what it means to you guys to kind of um, get this series out of the way, you know, kind of prove some of the doubters wrong, move on to the second round, which you guys uh, are doing for the first time in three years? Uh, I mean, first of all, I think the Memphis is a really tough team. You know, they they gave us a fight every single night. You know, we, you know, they they have a lot of talent, and uh, you know, I think it was, you know, a, a great first round for us. You know, every game was a, was a battle, and uh, and we definitely got better by facing this team. So, you know, just wanna you know, give them a little shout out. But yeah, you know, uh, I mean, the daughters. <laughs> Uh, we, we, there's always going to be doubters, but we we know where we want to be as a team, and uh, you know we know the work that we've put in, and you know we know that we we only going to keep getting better. You know? So as long as we keep doing that, you know uh, people are going to always have opinions, uh, but uh, the core is the core, and uh, we play the right way as a team. You know we're going to be in a position to be successful every night. Maxime Lagorge, uh, the free agent. Hi, Rudy. Um, through this series, you play more and more with Donovan. So can you explain us how, how your connection with Donovan increased and uh, the lead you, you, you take your two in the, in the play? I mean, Donovan has is, is been, uh, you know, he's got better every single year since he's got here and, uh, you know, obviously having him back, uh, you know, was key and was huge for us because of the way he's been playing. And, uh, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun to play with Donovan. It's fun to play with Mike, you know, having guys that, you know, work so hard and, and, and want to win is, is how you build a, a championship, you know, uh, identity. And, you know, I think he has that, you know, and, uh, you know, as we saw tonight, you know, uh, he's getting better. He's getting better every single year, so it's uh, it's fun to be a part of. And uh, you know, I'm exciting. I'm excited of you know what's gonna what's gonna happen next. Matthew Coles, AP. You talked about improving every game over the series. Specifically, what did you do well in the first quarter to grab that big lead? Uh, we attacked the rim. We share the ball and we play defense. You know, when we when we able to move the ball, uh, we get in the paint and we move the ball like we did. I, I don't think there is uh, one defensive scheme that can, you know, uh, really stop us. Uh, we've seen them all. You know, teams gonna black, team teams gonna blitz, team teams gonna have the big back, and no matter what the you know they they throw at us, we over the last few years we we're able to. You know, to learn uh, sometimes the hard way, but to learn how to, you know, get better from these situations. And, you know, it starts with our guards, you know, Donovan, Mike, 
uh, Joe Jordan, you know, all those guys that, you know, are, are willing to, uh, you know, uh, make the pass to the open guy. And, and then, you know, it's, it's start the chain. And, and uh, you know, we end up with wide open threes or dunks or, you know, or we get to the line a lot because we attack and we put pressure on defense. So it's, you know, uh, it's way the way we want to play. And I think tonight we really did that from the beginning and it was really hard for them to to guard. And, and on top of that, you know, we, we are defense, we, we're still a defensive-minded team. And we know that when we put our mind into the, the physicality, the communication and, you know, the rebound and, you know, all the little things that, that make sure that we, we secure, you know, we, we get stops, uh, the offense is, just becomes easy. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, through three quarters, your guys' defense was very good. What was the thing that made the biggest difference defensively tonight? Uh, I mean, I think we all came out uh, as a team collectively with uh, a lot of toughness, you know, a lot of focus, and the communication was there from the from the first second of the game, you know, and I feel like we did a great job running back, you know, not giving them any transition and uh, and not giving them much offensive rebounds and uh, – you know, once again, I think, you know, when we able to have teams uh, play against on defense in half court situation, uh, the whole game uh, is, you know, it's in a position for us when we feel like we we have a big advantage. Last question, Christo Saltas, Fort DNA out of Greece. Hello, Rudy. You with frustrated wins after after game one. Is it sign of growth? What it means that for you and? How how big boost you get from that? I didn't hear the beginning the first question. Sorry. Uh, you won that series with four straight wins after losing game one. Is it sign of growth? What it means that for you, and also how big boost you get from that uh, from that win? I mean, for for us, it just means that we we keep getting better. You know, obviously, when we play game one, we we hadn't played for for a week. So it was a, it's not an excuse, but, you know, it was a lot of uh, things that I think were on, on our minds. I think we were overthinking a little too much. And, uh, you know, as the series went on, uh, I just feel like we raised all over uh, game after game. And, you know, uh, it's been our mindset since the beginning of the season. And, uh, you know, it's all about getting better. We know that, you know, playoff series is, is not about one game. It's not about one play. We know that one game is very important, can make the difference, but, uh, you know, it's about keep getting better uh, day after day and game after game and quarter after quarter during the game. And, you know, when we keep doing that as a team and, you know, we feel like we're in a position to to win, uh, you know, uh, in the playoff series against anyone. There's Rudy, 23, 15, and 3. 23 points, 15 boards, and 3 block shots. He's the first Jazz player to have 2015 and 3 since Car- in the playoffs since Carl Malone did it back in 1994. So an extraordinary performance from Rudy. Big story in last night's game. Mike Conley left the game in the second quarter after just uh, 12 minutes of play uh, with uh, hamstring soreness. He was made available after the game. This is what he had to say. Hey, Mike, can you just kind of tell us what happened when you went off the floor and kind of you know what happened after that back in the locker room? Um, just, uh, end of the quarter, just first quarter felt the, you know, little tug or whatever in my, uh, in my hammy and came to the bench and made the, uh, staff aware 
uh, told him I'd try to just run on it and play through it to see how it feels and just kept getting sore and sore as the, you know, the more I was running on it. So they decided to pull me and um, we just did treatment, you know, on the back, you know, different things to try to uh, see if it loosened up or, um, you know, have a little bit of discomfort kind of go away. Um, but seeing how the game was going and um, knowing that, you know, we might have a couple of days now before our next uh, series just uh, to, to pull the plug on tonight and, uh, you know, see about, you know, how things will go tomorrow. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, obviously, just kind of as a follow-up to that, has there been any kind of, you know, prognosis made? I mean, the, the team's not have the status, you know, sore right hamstring. Is there any sense at this moment, you know, kind of what a timeline is, or is it really just kind of a, a wait-and-see thing in this moment? Um, yeah, there's no definitive diagnosis right now. I think that we'll wait um, tomorrow and, you know, uh, reassess and, see where we're at and um and go for there go from there obviously it's the playoffs so um my mindset is you know i'm i'm gonna be ready to play so that's the kind of you know um visual i've put in front of myself that that i'm gonna be ready so um but at the same time you know we're gonna just see what what happens in uh the next few days and be smart about uh how we approach it um going into this next series Alex Behar, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, uh, you know, with the hamstring, obviously you've missed um, a couple stretches here in this season. Um, just how how concerned are you about it right now? Um, frustrated, you know, frustrated for sure. You know, it's something that I've worked tires tirelessly, tirelessly. I guess that's word. Um, you know, kind of night and day on, um, and you know, put a lot of effort into it, you know, showing up early, staying late, strengthening, running, conditioning, everything. And um, it's just one of those things you can't really, you don't know when it's, you know, when it'll happen or why it happens. It just does. And, and for me, it's, you know, it's never been a, like a true hamstring pull where it just knocks you out. It's just like, you know, a small tweak, um, that's just enough to cause discomfort and, you know, worrisome folks. So um, that's the frustrating part. Nick Friedel, ESPN. Like a couple quick ones. First, just for clarification, are you going to get an MRI tomorrow? Uh, yeah, we'll get one in the morning. And as far as getting past this series, being up 3-1, given the cloud that hung over you guys after that Denver series, you feel like – it it boosts the psyche of the group given the way you closed everything down tonight. Well, yeah, I think, you know, we obviously knew and, and felt, you know, kind of like the, the underlying pressure of being up three, one again. And, um, but at the same time, we also know that this team is different. You know, this team has grown a lot since then. Um, we learned a lot from that, you know, and, and, those growing pains are necessary to, to, you know, to, if you want to win a championship, you're gonna have to go through that kind of, you know, those years where you have situations like that. And hopefully that was our, you know, our lesson learned. And we came out tonight, 
you know, really locked in. You could tell from the first, you know, possession how we were going to come out and play. And, and, um, and it was beautiful, beautiful to be a part of a, a win like that, especially given the circumstances. All right, we have time for one more, and it will come from Ryan Miller, KSL.com. Hey, Mike, could you just kind of compare this hamstring versus the other two times that kind of made you miss time? Uh, it feels less than the last last one, and that previous one felt less than the one before that. So, um, I you know, I feel like I'll be I'll be fine eventually, and hopefully that'll be you know game one of second round. Um, but I can't say for sure sure right now. Obviously, we'll we'll reassess tomorrow. But my mindset is is set on playing and um, and being ready to go. So I'm gonna do whatever I can to do that. Mike said he irritated the hamstring in uh, quarter two, played on a little bit, got a little more sore, and given the the score and circumstance, uh, the Jazz decided to uh, pull him and uh, get him into treatment for the rest of the game, get him some rest. Is Of course, if they're going to beat the Mavericks or the Clippers in the second round, likely they're going to need Mike Conley. Speaking of uh, the Mavs and Clippers, they play game number six in Dallas coming up tomorrow night. So if the, if the Mavericks win, the Jazz will open up the second round with the Mavericks on Sunday here at Vivint Arena, if the game go or if the series goes seven, the Jazz will likely open up their second round series on Tuesday. Right here on 97.5 and 1280 the zone. There's the best of the postgame show. When we come back, what is trending in all the headlines? Stay with us. Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Here comes Mitchell, in and out dribble, to the rack, lays it up and in. Oh, it is just a beautiful show right now. Crowd back on their feet. Jazz are unreal. Ingles has it, leaves behind for Royce, gives to Donovan with four. Donovan waits, now attacks Valanciunas, fires an off-balance three, he hit it, he hit it, he hit it. Donovan Mitchell is something else. Ingles. Lobs it up high to Rudy over Valanciunas for a dunk. Donovan, big strides in the lane, switches left to right, floats the right-hander up and in. Taylor Jenkins takes the final timeout of the series. The white flag will come up, and the Jazz lead by 20 with 2.47 left. And the Utah Jazz win the game. They win the series. They are on to the second round. PK, they jumped on them early. Up and down with both feet. Sure, but Mitchell sucked in the second half. He only had four, <laughs> he had points. four points. And he was only going to have two, but they had to put him back in the game. You need to be a better closer than that. <laughs> Way to find the negative. <laughs> awesome job by you. Come on, man. Anybody can score 26 when it don't count. That's like Shaq. He makes them when they count. That's in the second half. That's that's winning time right there. Yeah, Rudy dropped that the other night. I make them when they count. Yeah, see what you did there, Rudy. Good one. Yeah. 23 points and 15 boards for Rudy Gobert. He had a heck of a stat line. Clarkson had 24. Donovan Mitchell has his 11th playoff 30-point game. Right yesterday when I wrote about he will go down as the most jazz, clutch jazz player of all time. You didn't Boom. use clutchiest in print? You just saved that for the radio? Yeah. No. Well, that's journalism. This is nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Two different things. <laughs> so you could do some nonsense in a column. 
<laughs> no, I got my standards, so we screw around here. But yeah, man, this guy, he's something. There's just no doubt about it. I'm saying, I don't, there's no, hey, hey, Mitchell, let me be the first to say, you got a snowball's chance to get out of the second round, buddy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Did some negativity, people, because it clearly motivates them. Yeah, obviously, we need a Dylan Brooks. Either oh, man, or the, Dylan uh, Brooks. Is it? Is there a trade deadline in the Clippers. playoffs? Can anything? Can we rework go. this? Oh, Dylan God. Brooks needs to be within 10 feet of Donovan Mitchell oh, at all times. Create another one, Hardaway or whoever it might be. Beverly can get under your skin if it, the Clippers win the next two. and Or, you know, as I say, Hardaway or somebody else. We'll, we'll figure it out, There'll never be another Dylan Brooks. He's done something really special. Nah, the headbutt, the kidney punches, or whatever he said under his breath running down court when he shoved Mitchell. <laughs> we'll get it going here. We'll get an enemy over there. It was a fantastic it'll, first it'll, half, man. It'll be a weak, a weak, weak, uh, what, not comparison. What, what's the word I'm looking for? It'll be like a cheap knockoff. There'll never be another a Dylan poor Brooks. Man's Dylan Brooks. Yeah, yeah, poor man's Dylan yeah, Brooks. I think you're overestimating Dylan Brooks. I think you're, plus, I think you're underestimating the type of grudge or insightfulness that doesn't even necessarily exist that these guys can create. There you go. There you go. They can take the smallest light and turn it into turn that molehill into a mountain. Forty-seven points in the first quarter, seventy-five at halftime. The Jazz had a twenty-four point lead, and it went down to fifteen. But then they pushed it back to thirty at the end of the quarter. Yeah, I guess the only negative is the hammy of Conley. That is the negative, right? Sore right hamstring, only played 12 minutes. MRI today determined the severity of whatever is going on in his hamstring. Jazz won't play again until Sunday at the earliest. It might be Tuesday, but it might be a little longer for Mike Conley. We'll have to see. We've seen this before. Well, what I'm really hoping is in game one, he thinks he can go, but the team says no. And they lose. Yeah. But it makes everyone furious, and they rip off four in a row. Yeah. That's a great strategy. <laughs> if it works again. Whoever decided to sit out Mitchell, hats off to you, man. Good <laughs> you, call. You accidentally did a really good thing. Yeah. The you Dylan got him, Brooks of the World you got him healthier. Thought they had something going. And uh, he plays with an edge, and phenomenal young ball player. So now, after that 4-1 victory... They wait to see who wins. Clippers or Mavericks? Let's get to the rest of the NBA playoff action. Hashtag NBA. Simmons with it to Harris. Fakes on Gafford. Drives it. Runner with the right hand. And in. And that'll do it. The Sixers are leading by 21. Trey Young in the middle. Trey gets the pick. Fires a long three. And he makes it. Bray hits the long three from way downtown. Into the backcourt. It's run down by Hardaway. Two on one. Up top for Dodgich. One times it home off the board. And a timeout by Ty Lue. Dodgich with 2.20 remaining. Backs up against Mann as they spread the floor. Shot clock at six. Right corner Porzingis for three. Good! He knocked it down. And a timeout by Ty Lue. Four playoff games last night. Everybody who had a chance to close out. Ended their series, got it done. The Mavericks, and that's the last highlight you heard right there, were the Mavericks, who were 2-2 of the Clippers. They went on the road, 105-100. Road teams won five in a row in that series. Dallas will go home with a chance to close it out. Big hoops down the stretch there, PK. They stretched the lead to 10 with like 2.15 to go, and then the Clippers came roaring back, had the ball and a chance to take the lead 
with about 15 seconds to go and had the ball in a chance to tie on the ensuing possession and didn't get a bucket either time. No, they did not. It was right there for the taking. Was Nick Batum in traffic in the paint the shot you wanted? It wasn't bad. Uh, And and they had uh, tips. So, you know, I mean, he's not the star of the team. I get it, but... He's, he's pretty long himself. They had the momentum, obviously, at that point. Yep. Uh, and they didn't play well the whole game uh, from start to finish. It wasn't very consistent by the Clippers at all. No, they had a run and, and so, took took the lead there for a while, and then Dallas and roared Don, right back. And was awesome. Porzingis hits a huge three. They gave him a little cushion that they ended up. I didn't. I thought that was it, but it wasn't it. So this, has been, this whole series has been unpredictable, so I'm not going to predict anything now. Game six Friday night. It'll be the only game Friday night. So you can focus on that as the Jazz wait for the winner of that series. That game's going to tip off 7 o'clock Friday night. As for the other games in the East, the Sixers were up 3-1. They didn't have Embiid. He's got a small meniscus tear. They listed him as day-to-day. They didn't have him. They didn't need him. Sixers, close game at halftime. Sixers open up a lead in the third quarter and then blow it open in the fourth quarter. And Tobias Harris goes for 28, and the Wizards are sent packing 129-112. to 112. Sixers in five, and they move on to the second round to face the Hawks, who knocked the Knicks out at Madison Square Garden with Trey Young. Going for 36 points, nine assists, and one bow at the end. Thank you. Thank you very much. He sends the Knicks home. They're already home. For the summer. Not to their home court. In Washington, man. Gone fishing. Thankfully, we had that plan because that Washington, the thrills that they provided us down the stretch <laughs> were just uh, memorable. Tonight, Nuggets and Blazers. Denver's up 3-2 with a chance to win it in Portland. Suns and Lakers. Phoenix up 3-2 with a chance to win it in L.A. Both those games tonight on TNT. Got a gut feeling for either one of these? Portland to force a game seven? I told you that is any, something I can't predict. I, each game, going into that game, that individual game, I, you might as well flip a coin. But I would uh, probably, uh, you know, I'm not putting money on it, so it's easy to say. But uh, if I, well, I don't know if I did, because when it comes down to putting money, it's yeah, a whole right. other story. It's a whole other story, right? Uh, but right now, I think I would go with Phoenix and Portland. Portland is a uh, five-point favorite. Lakers are a two-point favorite, although Anthony Davis is a game-time decision. No, he's not. He's a game-time decision. His status is up to the Laker medical staff. Okay, he's not playing. But I was told. Now, I haven't spoken to my guy since Monday. That is the official word from the Lakers. The word is from Anthony himself saying he's a game-time decision. Yeah, that's what they said last game, too. And then he didn't play. I trust your sources more than anything. But it's not updated. Uh, Monday... Down in Phoenix, they were squabbling on who had it first because this one dude, who New oh. Yorker, who does the afternoon show. Oh, um, Gambo. Yeah, Gambo, yeah. And, and somebody, I had it first, and then they said Woj had it. No, he didn't. So they're squabbling on Twitter about it. I thought, who cares? <laughs> I told our audience on Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why I didn't tell them Monday is because we didn't have a show. Six o'clock for the Nuggets and Blazers, eight thirty for the Suns and Lakers. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Mike Shashevsky, it's all over almost here. 
One more year and then he's stepping down, PK. But Thank you, Ron. He's in his mid-70s, so. Yeah, I think he's 74, isn't he? Yeah, it'll be 75 when he's done, right? Is that what it'll be? Uh, yeah, his birthday's in February. Yeah, it's time. I mean, the program was slipping, which is traditional in, in these circumstances. As the legend plays out the string, the program isn't near as good. Coming off a 13 and 11 season. Yeah, and it was bizarre last year, but it was bizarre for everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, the slipping. He was Elite but, Eight but in, in 2018 yeah, so, and 2019, and they didn't have a tournament in 2020. But he lost five conference games, which was unusual. But last year they slipped. And so, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, 13 and 11 is not Dukish, but it was a weird, weird season. So, I mean, he'll go down, obviously. You can make a case for him as the greatest college basketball coach of all time. If you want to go John Wooden or whomever, that's your call. But he's got to be right in the discussion. I mean, what a phenomenal program he had for so many, many years. There's no doubt about it. So he's gone six years without winning an NCAA title, which is tied for the longest stretch he's had since he won his first title. Yeah. So, so I mean, for them, that, Elite Eights are nice, but that's not what they're playing. No. He had a uh, he had a seven but, year, well, yeah, seven year stretch. I think when he got got into Duke, I think it's understandable because he's gotten more involved with the one and dones, which makes it harder. But once you go in, you have to be all in on that for those programs. I mean, you can have a you know a middling program and a guy here or there goes, but when you have these elite guys and you have multiples, it's like you're every year is the first year. So you can see why it's taken a while. I mean, so we've seen Kentucky. Uh, they had it going on. Arizona, these teams that go in one and dones, it, 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 can, get, it can get difficult. But, but eh, whatever. It, that doesn't matter. I mean, this is – I don't know what kind of team he's going to have this year, but it's like it's not going to matter. He's going to have a decent team. And they, they, He'll they, take the victory lap. Yeah. And then Schreier will take over, and then they'll, they'll start anew and – and it'll be an emotional thing there. And when we get to the uh, whenever that last home game is, or late February, early March, and um, it'll, it'll be something because he has just been a phenomenal basketball coach for so so long. What a program! DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I've got nothing to update Rob uh, on that situation, and you guys all know how we feel about it. Do you expect him to be here? It is mandatory. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see uh, it come Tuesday. Matt LaFleur right there. No update on Aaron Rodgers, and no promises he'll be showing up when it's mandatory. So, updates, PK, every hour on the hour until Tuesday. The national media will keep us updated on Aaron Rodgers' status. Former Dolphins quarterback Dan Marino said he hopes Bill Belichick does not surpass Don Shula's NFL record 328 wins, 347, including the postseason. Belichick's at 280 right now. I hope he doesn't get it, Marino says. I'm a Dolphin for life, Coach Shula for life. I don't want him to get it. No, that's understandable. Don Shula was his guy. Is that the only coach you ever played for? Did was just... 13 of 17 seasons okay. of yeah. Shula. I mean, yeah, Shula's a legend unto himself, too. Speaking of legends in the Coach K realm, Don Shula... In the NFL, obviously he's there too. The NFL has pledged to halt the use of race norming, which assumed black players started out with lower cognitive functioning. 
In a $1 billion settlement of brain injury claims and review past scores for any potential race bias, the practice made it harder for black players to qualify for the uh, financial award. The standards were designed in medicine in the 1990s in hopes of offering more appropriate treatment to dementia patients, but critics faulted the way they were used to assess legal damages in the NFL case. Well, I have white cognitive or whatever the heck that is because I don't understand that at all. They were saying that they didn't have brain damage and they weren't hurt and they didn't deserve money because they started out with a lower IQ. I know. IQ, so I, I, I got all hit. that. I got the oh, theory. Oh, I thought you said you didn't understand. But I don't all. understand how they came to that conclusion in, in the first, first place. place. Yeah. In the 1990s. Right. I mean, I understand the parameters, but I don't understand how they got to that point. That doesn't make any sense to me. A billion dollar brain injury settlement. Settlement. That is a massive settlement. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. 78 players, seven coaches from the FBS ranks announced as nominees for the College Football Hall of Fame. The big names, Reggie Bush, Andrew Luck, Marshawn Lynch, Michael Crabtree, Sean Alexander, former Miami coach Larry Coker, and BYU's own Nick Iyer, played in the late 70s, 77 to 1980. Don't know who that is. Don't know. All American linemen protected Wilson, Jim McMahon, and Steve Young at different points. He protected them? All right. You guys, they called them All-State. There you go, All-State, yes. <laughs> or as you fans of that era said, he held. There you go. Well, No, that was Bo Schimblecker, wasn't it? Didn't he say they got a bunch of old men who held? Oh, did he? Good luck. And they played... Uh, and then they played in that Holiday Bowl in 84. Yeah. And then uh, I remember Lavelle Edwards talking about it. It's funny. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Pitch to Alonso. Swing and a ground ball. Base hit going into left field. The Mets take the lead. Lindor scores from third. Alonso holds it first. He's got an RBI single. The Mets are leading by a score of 7-6. to six. Woodford set and delivered. And a fly ball to right field. Williams going back to the wall. At the wall, he jumps. A grand slam. 11 runs for the Dodgers in the first. Dodgers go on to win 14-3. They blow out the Cardinals. They went all uh, Utah Jazz on them. Way to start strong in the first. Yeah, Bellinger in the first was two for two with six ribbies. <laughs> he had a good weekend in the first inning. Yeah, in the, literally in the first inning. Betts had a couple hits, but Bellinger, man, he, he probably is never going to have an inning like that the rest of his life. That's it. Six ribbies, a grand slam, all in the first inning. Yeah. Madison Bumgarner left after two innings. We'll get an MRI on his shoulder. The Mets ended up beating the Diamondbacks 7-6. to six. Bumgarner, bad news right there. You never like to see that MRI on his shoulder. It's probably going to be bad news. Cubs 6-1 over the Padres. Tommy Pham and Haseon Kibb collided Nasty. and had to be separated. Exchanged words. Well, Pham's a hothead. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they saw that. They he was coming him. in and Kim was going out. Kim's been playing for a shortstop with Tatis out. So. Did still get the double play. That's weird. They thought they got the ball. He dropped it. 
Yeah, yeah. The announcers didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, they couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was bizarre. Four minor league pitchers suspended by Major League Baseball after being caught using illegal foreign substances to doctor baseballs. Ten-game suspension. Now, that's different than steroids. That's them trying to... The spin rate of the ball has been a big hot topic on MLB as to, and to why they're doing this stuff. And, and the major leagues are going to crack down on it because of all these uh, no-hitters and everything and blah, blah, blah. So we'll see if they've been cheating. But that, that's the thing about that, cheating. You know, they, it, it's the, the crimes... <clears throat> Cheating is such a broad-based term. Are you using steroids? Yeah. Are you uh, stealing signals and banging on drums and using cameras? Or you got a little uh, got a little Vaseline or something? Yeah, George Brett that time his bat had a little bit too much too much pine tar. Yeah, came out of the dugout like dugout like he was blasted out of a rocket. Yes, all that stuff as far as you know what is cheating and what's acceptable because some forms of cheating are okay and others. And they'll run you out of town for. Don't be peeking back at the catcher. But go ahead and look in from second base. Arizona Diamondbacks broadcaster Bob Brenly has apologized for a comment he made about Mets pitcher Marcus Stroman's head covering during Tuesday night's game. He will undergo sensitivity training. Brenly said, I'm pretty sure that's the same do-rag that Tom Seaver used to wear when he pitched for the Mets. So, now he's apologized. The Bees... Open a six-game road series in Tacoma tonight. They play the Rainiers at 8 o'clock. What is trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. TV voice of Utah Jazz, Craig Bullerjack at 8.30. Joe Ingles enjoying a little time between Series 1 and Series 2. Coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. DJ and PK, Game 5, the route, the series win, and your reaction all coming up next. Stay with us. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. North Texas softball pitcher Hope Trawine. She threw, well, a perfect game would be nobody gets on base, right? What's a perfect game if you strike out everybody? 21 consecutive strikeouts. And she didn't get to three balls once. Yeah, but did she suffer any foul balls? Oh, 21 consecutive <laughs> now, strikeouts. Now, she didn't get on. to three balls hold once. On. Look, I'm just saying, maybe she struck everybody out, but if batters were fouling the ball off left and right, then they were this close. What? I'm just beside myself right now. I don't know what to do. Just kidding. That's a, that's a terrific accomplishment. Were there any foul balls? <laughs> Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes with Toes brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Question of the morning. Was the Game 5 blowout and the 4-1 series win good enough for you? It was great enough for me. (laughs) Fabulous enough. It had everything that I'd want as a Jazz fan. They defended. They jumped on him early. The ball was moving. They were running. And Mitchell was determined not just to beat you, but to kill you. I mean, he was just toying with them. Those threes at the end of the first half, he could have gotten a better shot, but he wanted to just 
drop the dagger or bury it or whatever you're supposed to do with it because those threes that he was shooting contested and waiting and dropping back and a step back, that's like going in a slam dunk and just rising above all five people. <laughs> I mean, those shots are unheard of, and he was making them that was just at home, place going berserk. Yeah, the, there's only like a couple of things that you can take from the series and say, eh, and that's Conley's the hammy, we'll have to see, and Joe couldn't buy a bucket. But that's great news that Joe couldn't buy a bucket because Joe's a proven shooter, and we'll have him on a couple hours, an hour and a half, and he'll talk about that, which just means he's going to make shots in the next series then because we saw with Clarkson, you know, he couldn't buy threes or whatnot or whatever, and, and that's good. I want them to suck shooting when they win. Because the law of numbers will There it is. Out. I was waiting for that. Thank you for that, PK. Well done. And watch. Joe will be hitting some buckets in the second series that he just they weren't dropping for him in the first series. So offensively, in terms of scoring anyway, offensively, he was a non-factor. Now, you know, 28 minutes, four assists, four boards. So he's uh, helping in other ways. And Quinn Snyder pointed that out. And I think it was a little to boost his, uh, boost his confidence, too, uh, when he said that. So that's about it. Everything else was just super, super positive. It's exactly what you wanted out of this series. You wanted a, a what, a tad bit of adversity? Not a whole lot, but just a little to give you some edge. And Brooks with his physical play and doing his thing. But, I mean, hey, Dylan Brooks is a villain. But at the same time, they're wildly outmanned. So he's trying to do stuff to get his team going. I can respect that. That's a little gamesmanship to a degree. So... Uh, fine with that. Now they go home, and and he gave you some motivation, and guys got confidence, and the fans got to come see it after last year. As uh, Quinn Snyder said, last year was last year, this year is this year. So this series was exactly what you need. And you put them away early, and now you're going to have at least three or four, maybe five or six days of rest. None of us would be surprised the Clippers turn around and and win, although if they win, if they lose, is it a guarantee it starts Sunday? Yeah, I think it is. Okay, so if that series ends tomorrow. I think if it ends Friday, then they're playing Sunday. That's what well, wait a second, saying. you think. They haven't announced it, but they're not going to not have a TV game on Sunday for the networks. So it's a high, high probability, just literally not guaranteed. Right. Correct. I have not okay. heard anything okay. official okay. from the league that will be a game. I can't believe that they'll shut it down on a Sunday, which is the day most people watch the most TV. There will be a game available for a network to make money off of. Uh, I watch a lot of TV on Sunday. I just turn it off now at 10.30, Sunday nights. Yeah, for now. I used to watch it religiously. (laughs) You did not. For like 12 years. (laughs) But then 12 years, 13, 14 years. Sorry, it means nothing. Get out of here. See you later. Goodbye. It might mean something. Didn't even have a party. At least give me a cupcake in the break room. I didn't even get that. (laughs) Just get out of here. Well, don't come back more, but I get your point. Okay, don't come back. I feel a lot better. (laughs) I know, right? Suck. Like I don't have feelings. Uh, It's don't come back until it is come back, so you know. Okay. Don't uncount your eggs that Jordan, haven't hatched yet or whatever that would be in reverse. Muhammad Ali, <laughs> PK, who has the greatest comeback? <laughs> Jeez. Magic. Well, it depends on which comeback you're talking about. Yeah, I, I could see your comeback being better than the Wizards' comeback, but it isn't going to be better than the second Bulls' repeat. 
So you might you might split with Jordan on comebacks. Well, I'd go one on one one and one. You can Jordan. top that Wizards deal. You largely, as you like to say, you're a man of the people, and you have largely captured everything that was posted on Facebook by the fans. I mean, the, the very first post, Tony, uh, great win, great series, now we need Conley healthy and ready to play in the next round. So it's what you said. The negative is clear and it's obvious. What is Mike Conley's health? There are some people later on who do comment about Joe's shooting percentage. Yeah, but that's good news. Yeah, it depends on how you look at it, and people, and it's one of the reasons you hate numbers, is that people take the numbers, they don't tell the whole story, they tell the part of the story that supports what they believe. And, well, people will say, Joe, this always happens to Joe in the playoffs. You know, he shot this against that team, or this against that team. Uh, He had a series against Houston where he shot 28%, that one series he always talks about where they made him go right and he was terrible. And then he worked on his right hand. Yeah, like three years ago. Uh, yeah. And then he added the last couple of years, he shot 35% from three. But if you go back further, you find out where he shot in series, he shot 45, 46%. Yeah, what from about three. the OKC series? That's exactly, that's the series he shot 46.7% from three. So when you add it all up for his entire career, and he's now, he's now played a pretty good number of playoff games, he's at. Uh, Let's see, what is he, 39 now? So the next mm-hmm. game, yeah. So uh, 39 playoff games now, which is, you know, that's like half a regular season worth of games. It's a pretty good sample size. He's shooting 38% from three. Well, during this time off, he'll get him some extra shots, <laughs> and he'll be fine. Yeah. His shots didn't go in. He's And the thing about it, too, he's not like Clarkson, who could score a bunch of points and still have a bad shooting percentage because he's a high-volume shooter. Joe has never been a high-volume shooter so it's like in a baseball game, you know, if you get one at bat and you're 0 for 1, well, uh, you could be 0 for 3 and then get two hits the next two times up and everything's great. So you need shots. He's not getting a lot of shots in the course of the game. He's not forcing it because they're not needed. And Clarkson's numbers, you know, even if his shooting percentage isn't good, he gets to the free throw line a lot. Joe doesn't, uh, especially in the playoffs. So... That's always going to, when the three goes, you know, you hit four threes, you get to 12 points really fast, and it looks good. Uh, but if it isn't going, whereas with Clarkson, if his three isn't falling, he's still getting to the free throw line and getting easy points. Yeah, we don't, we don't mention this because it's not good, but Clarkson's plus minus was negative 10. <laughs> we only mention it when only it's mention positive. It. But I want to talk to you about Rudy's plus minus and Donovan's plus minus. Yeah, Mitchell's was plus 30. Yeah. So we only mention it when it's uh, that's another stat that you only bring up when it's to right. your advantage. But if we're worried about Joe Ingles' shooting to be the deciding factor in the series in round two, I feel pretty good. Jazz fans are greedy. They want everybody on. No, it's better this way. Have guys be <laughs> off, some of them, and still win because you're going to be on. <laughs> And you think people don't know who you are and don't listen to the show. The text no. I just Oh, they got. listen to the show. They just don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah, they know who you are. No. <laughs> uh, just got a great text about you and television. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> don't napalm any bridges over there, dude, while you're pouting. I'm not. <laughs> just messing around. Come on. Everybody right. knows that. I'm screwing around. <laughs> Jeez. You haven't got me by now. <laughs> well, holy cow. 
Come on. You're convincing. On. That's all I'll say. Oh, it's your come on. Jersey I'm messing thing. around. You it's know full well. I'm I, just... I usually can read you. But the fact that I can't always read you indicates You read me on else. that one, though. I did. I absolutely did, yes. Because I've also talked to you off the air. It's nonsense. We're screwing around. Come on. All right. So are people screwing around when they say, I'm worried about Joe Ingles shooting? No, you shouldn't be. And I'm dead serious on this. This guy's a proven commodity when it comes to shooting. So he missed a few shots. So what? That's part of ham and egg. That's part of the reason that they wanted to go out and load up on shooters. Be that's careful part of the on the ham. Ham is sensitive right now. Hammy. <laughs> that's that's because good point. Conley was absolutely brilliant in this series. This was the Mike Conley that we all thought we we're getting, and we got him. Yep. And right into that game where he started feeling the tightness. Yes. Crushed so I would on be that far possession. More worried about that. Crushed on that possession, good on that possession, and then all of a sudden he's gone to the locker room. Okay, tell me he broke shoelaces and he's going to be right back. Mike Conley is like this ultimate security blanket. You know he's there. I like that analogy. And if the ball gets to him, he's going to do something good. It's not going to go in all the time, but you know it's going to be a quality shot that's got an excellent chance to go in. And that thing he threw in there at the end of the first quarter and the arena just, you could sense the anticipation just because of what you said. You know, right? He's got it. There, this is a is eight tenths of a second. This isn't much of a chance, but you got to let it rip. And he's a good shooter, so it might go. And so the thing went up, and I, watching on TV, it was like I could feel everybody in the arena holding their breath because they they thought it had a shot, and they lost their minds when it went in. Punctuate uh, that circumstance. Punctuate yeah. that quarter. That, I, it was great. Yeah, for sure. I thought I thought the the crowd was just on fire there. Forty seven the points half. in the first quarter. Come on. Yeah, you, you, you may not have a better first quarter for the rest of the playoff. You probably won't. Yeah, I mean everything was just happening. But Conley, that's that's the thing that I'm most concerned about this ball club now uh, is that where where's his health? Yeah, how long is he out for? Yeah, because I want him back because he has just been so sturdy and so consistent and so reliable. All these words that you want to hear associated with a player's name in whatever sport it might be, and that's what he is. And has been this entire time, and he's he, he's been around the block so many times. I mean, literally, man. When we first got here, that commute, he had to drive around and around and around and around. That might have been the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. As to why a guy isn't playing well, the drive is different. Well, no bleep. <laughs> no matter where he went, the drive was going to be different. Because it's not the same, so it has to be different. You follow me? They should have put him up at the hotel, and he could have walked across the street. That's a Eliminate good point the right drive. That's a good hey, point. for the first six months, since it's going to be so hard to adapt, just be at his hotel. They got like nine of them now. Yeah, I was gone Portland for a year, the Hilton, and, right? and yeah, I come the, back here, and I got 85 tall, Hyatt, tall buildings. Sorry. The mountains are gone. I know. We used to be able to see the mountains out there when we're on the fifth floor yeah. overlooking the statues. And that building Holy keeps going freak. up and up and up. It it's just a keeps joke. Going. Yep. And the as a matter of fact, they're, they're lifting stuff onto the roof right now. The cranes are going already this That's morning. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Welcome back. And so... He had a long drive. Well, that's in a rear view by a year plus. This guy's playing great, and I want him back. And I'm hoping that, and he acknowledged it to a degree, listening, that some of it, you know, they were very quick to take him out once he said, because they had a big lead, and it was obvious they're going to win the game. Yeah. So you didn't need him. 
So hopefully it's precautionary. The MRI doesn't show much. And if they're not playing until Sunday or Tuesday, everything will be good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because he's just a great player for you, man. This is exactly what they got, what they wanted, what they envisioned, I'm sure, when they traded for him. And now they got it. Scott, that was one of the posts on our Facebook uh, as far as the Game 5 blowout and was it enough for you? And he gave it love it, exclamation point. But then the news of Conley's injury put a damper on the festivities. To a degree. I'm not all in on he's out. Well, hamstring tightness isn't an injury. Now, the MRI may show there's more to it than just tightness, and then he is injured, and then he's out. But it seemed like they left the door open that they could just come back and say, you know, he'll be okay. He'll have a couple days off. It'll be fine. They seem to leave the door open for that. That's the the primary reason why I'm fasting today. Excellent. Thank you, PK. Take one for the team. Well, I'm not going to take one for the team. Todd says it was great, but we need Ingles to get out of a slump. Is something going on with him? He seems out of sorts. And, and then we got Jeff. He just needs time with Renee and the Keeds. Renee and the Keeds. He spelled it K E E D S. Keeds. It's always Renee and the Keeds. Renee and the Kids. Thank you, Jeff Hansen. <laughs> Quality tweet. I really believe he's going to be fine. I'm more worried about Matt Thomas going over two in two minutes. Go on, Matt. Get in there and close out the game. I mean, Joe's plus minus, which is the be-all, end-all stat, was plus eight. All right. Whereas Matt Thomas was minus four. And Forrest, my gosh, has he made a shot in the last two months? His plus minus was minus nine. Of course, he got four minutes. Matt, Matty T only got two. It didn't go well there. But it got Donovan back in for a 30-point game. They put up a list of that on the last broadcast. What? It was a pretty entertaining list. What was the list? About Donovan in 30-point games. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, uh, think of the top, the top three, four, five players. Who are your, who, which guys have put up the most 30-point games for the Jazz? We'll get to that. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. I have to believe that it will only take once losing in a 3-1 setting to have it never happen again. They have to come into this game five, bringing it back to Vivid Arena, and in their mind they're thinking, not going to let this happen. Not a chance. We will fight until we have no fight left in us because we want to end it now. You don't let this go to six. You don't let this go back to Memphis for a sixth game. This has been such a point of emphasis for this team for so long, ever since Game 7 against Denver, that this will not happen again. I think this team is insanely focused going into that game. I would be shocked if on Thursday we hop on the air and we're talking about not a lot of life there, not a lot of energy. I don't know what was going on with that team, but now they've got to go back to Memphis. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Join the big show at the Davis Vision Annual Block Party Friday, June 4th. Food trucks, Utah Jazz gear, 30% off on all sunglasses, and one lucky person will win a free LASIK procedure. That's Davis Vision. Did you play this to pump up Joel? Keith Urban? Sure. That's why I played it. It's Keith Urban from Australia. Should I play some like Little River Band for him, too? And That's going way back. I don't know if you'd know that. (laughs) But I don't know if he's a country guy, either. Urban's a superstar. It's a question you ask him today. I've heard him talk about pop music, like Bieber being all tatted up. I don't know. 
but Joe will be fine. But go to your numbers now. Donovan Mitchell, 26 points at the half. Had 28 when they took him out. Seemed like he was done there in the fourth quarter. Had to bring him back in. He got a bucket and got to 30. And you were talking about he is going to be the clutchiest of the clutch players. Yeah. If you think Stockton was it, and I don't have a problem if you think that, he's going to pass him. So 30-point games. Coming up big in playoff games. When Donovan had his 10th one the other night, this would be his 11th now. Uh, He had tied Adrian Dantley for second on the on the list. Dantley had 10 30-point games. Now, we weren't in town when Adrian Dantley played here. Probably saw a little bit of him on uh, TV. I'm aware of him, yeah. Aware of him. But when I got here, I don't know about you, but the number of Jazz fans who thought the sun rose and set with Adrian Dantley, he made a massive positive impression when he was here. And it was a big thing about him getting his number retired, which he eventually did get it retired. And it was a big deal when he came back and was the uh, interim coach because uh, he was on the Nuggets staff and and George Carl had cancer, and so he had to coach a, a playoff series. The Jazz ended up winning in six. Yeah, I remember. So AD was a, a big, big deal, and he had 10 30-point games. And Donovan was already there. Now Donovan's got a leader, and he's going to chase the leader all time, which is Carl Malone, obviously. Malone had 53 30-point games in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just routine. So Donovan isn't even, what is that? He's barely 20% of the way there. Yeah, but I don't know if the offense will ever run through him the way it did Letter Carrier. No, but he'll get threes, and that'll pump up his total. But Letter Carrier, the the pure number of touches he got, and Donovan gets to bring the ball up the court, but right now there's three guys sharing that duty. The game is so much different. You wanted the the isolation advantage, and that's to take nothing away from Malone because he, I mean, I realize he had some slip-ups at crucial times, but at the same time, you wouldn't have been in that position to have the slip-ups without him. Hence the 53 30-point games. That's yeah. how you got there, right. riding him. And you can knock him for not being the most clutch guy all you want. I understand that. But at the same time, you're not in that position to even worry about it without him carrying you all the way there beforehand. Have you seen Donovan be more aggressive, clutchy, focused, uh cutthroat, whatever term you want, than he was at the end of the second quarter. No. It's not, I, not only do I want to score, I want to embarrass you. I want to humiliate I, I, I want to fire you. up my crowd, yeah. and I want to take away your will to win the game. Which they did. Yeah. I mean, he put himself on notice last year. We remember we're done with that and all mm-hmm. that stuff. We're not going out in the first round again. So uh, that was awesome that he said all that stuff. And he backed it up. Yeah, absolutely backed it up. He had a little drama early with not playing, addressed it, moved on, and goes to work. The, the thing about Mitchell is that he understands. He reminds me, in a sense, and now, it, it, and hear me out when I say he reminds me in a sense of Kobe. I'm not saying he's that caliber of player, certainly not yet. But Kobe was a historian of the game, right? Big time. So he knows that when Hot Rod Huntley's going to be done, this is his last game, whatever, he goes up to him, talks mm-hmm. him. You know, obviously Hot Rod Huntley as a ball player was way before his time, but he's aware. He knows of, the whole arc of his yeah, career. Of, of who this man is and all that he accomplished and the character, the colorful character that he was. So he acknowledges him 
in the last game, right? And so Kobe understood the history of the game. I think Mitchell understands the history of the game. And where am I going with this is that in order to be considered at the highest level, you've got to win at the highest level. You can do whatever you want in the regular season. That's all well and good, and it's important. But this, especially in basketball, the postseason is where it's at. And he is so focused on that, knowing that's where the legend is going to be made. I think in other sports you can have your legend without necessarily backing it up, especially in baseball. We, we acknowledge Trout, and you just had uh, – Dan Marino. We acknowledge mm-hmm. Dan Marino as one of the greatest, right? Well, he didn't necessarily have the postseason stuff because it's such a team game. And in baseball, with the pitching and all that stuff, you can be a Hall of Famer and be considered one of the greatest without having a whole bunch of postseason experience, success, what have you. If you're fortunate enough to be on the Yankees and Jeter and those guys going back to Ruth yeah. and Mantle, they've got all that. But Mattingly had that long stretch. Yeah. He didn't go to the postseason. Right. He's viewed as a great. And- yeah. And, but in basketball, you have to have it. And I think he fully understands that. And so he's going to elevate his game to get to that level. And we saw it. It was on classic display in this arena 12 hours ago. I mean, it was just sensational. Now, you can talk about it, but I don't know that words are going to really justify what we saw. It's just incredible. I don't care who you are. Unless you have a complete and total disdain for the sport. You were wowed by him in that first half. And those threes that he was hitting, was they were just incredible. And I think that he has the ability to rise to the occasion, which is about being what clutch is, is being able to seize the moment. And that's why I say he's going to go down as the clutchiest you-know-what. This franchise is at. He's a bad dude, man. He's a B.A. all the way. And that's what you want. And you look at the great, the great ones. And you just, I love looking at their facial expressions and whatnot when they make these big plays. <laughs> Get yeah. the bleep out. And he just, you could just see it in his face and oh, it's the yeah. way he carries himself. <laughs> that this is what he expects. This is what's going to happen. When he's sizing up at, what was it, at the end of the quarter, that step back three, it's like he waited, let the defense get set, and then I'm going to make it as most dramatic as I possibly can. And then you are going to go nuts. And Rudy Gobert looks at him. Whoo! You see Gobert on that face as they're walking back? He looks at him like, oh, dude, man, whoa, you are on fire. This is awesome. And he just kind of made that face. And you can think, you see what Rudy's thinking. And it's just Mitchell understands those moments, man. I, I, I can't say enough about him. Praise him. This guy's got it going on. He's got what it takes. There's no doubt in my mind, absolutely, that they can win a title with him as their leading scorer. There's no doubt. Zero doubt. I don't know that they will, but there's zero doubt that they can do it. In three in three series. In six weeks. This year? Next year? I mean, I, who knows what the team's going to look like in two or three years. But while he's in this, on this team, wearing this uni, yes, I, I do. Because Lillard gets a, a ton of praise, justifiably so. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Lillard-esque. It was. It was very similar. It wasn't at the end of the game. Right. But it didn't need it. The reason why you didn't need it at the end of the game is because he wanted to slaughter you and take away your will to compete and win right now. He didn't want to extend it. And he you, wanted it done this very moment. And you've got to have that edge if you're going to do it. 
There's you got to be a B.A. There's too many guys who have that edge in the league, and if you don't have it to think you're going to have enough talent yeah. to just beat them without that attitude, maybe. But I just don't see how they get that Warriors-type roster where literally they're going to win on talent and we all know it. I got you. This is a safari out there. It's kill or be killed. <laughs> because if you don't, they're going to do it to you. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the other guys have that. So you got to do it to them. You got to match or exceed it. And Mitchell does that. He's got that. All right. When we come back, 8 o'clock hour, Craig Bullerjack's going to join us at 8 30. 9 o'clock hour, it's Joe Ingles at the top of the hour, 9.05. DJ and PK, stay with us. Brought to you in part by Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your home, next home loan, you need to connect with the most referred lender in Utah, Christian Roberts Mortgage. Christian Roberts Mortgage, specializing in jumbo loans. So the Jazz are on to the second round. The preliminaries are out of the way, PK. They've faced a young team, not many veterans there, didn't have a three-point shooting, or really the nine seed, but played their way into the eight seed using the new play-in tournament. No playoff experience, and the Jazz take them down in five. Can't afford with an asterisk. The most gentlemanly of gentlemanly sweeps. We'll play one game without our best offensive weapon. See what you can do. Yeah, they done what they did. This was a win-win for both teams, actually. Because it gave uh, Memphis a little bit of a taste of what they, mm-hmm. what they want. And with the other stuff, for them... Of all the teams on this play-in, Memphis benefited the most. I'll be the Warriors the least since they finished eight, but still got knocked out. And Memphis had to win a couple of ball games, go up to uh, San Francisco, win that. It was a tight game and all that stuff. That's great for that team. They're not prepared to compete for a for a ship right now, but they got a nice little experience, a little taste. Uh, you know, the other teams like Washington, they're a veteran team, so I don't know what Beal and Westbrook, where they're going, what that. But Grizzlies, the, the arrow looks like it's up. They can go do what the Jazz did four years ago when the Jazz Possibly. had young guys and went out and got some veterans to go with them. Maybe Memphis can go out and okay. get some veterans and to go we'll with see. them. And the Jazz took care of them, as yep. you say, in the basically the four, and they're going to have rest and things. Yeah, right. They're right where you want to be. So I agree 100%. And we got a lot of people uh, winging in. Brian, incredible shooting performance. When this team plays like that, they are unstoppable. I think there's something to be said for that. 47 in the first quarter, what else could have gone right? Clarkson could have hit the three on the one of the, was it the next to last possession? Or maybe one before that? I don't even remember. I don't know. Would have put them up, they could have had a 50-point quarter. Oh, great. Take a 20-point lead after one. At home. Just... And and it, it was important for the development of this team too, not to just beat them, but pulverize them. And they did. I think that worked. Everything worked to their to their advantage. They got all the mojo they need going in the second round, and they got to find a way to to keep it 
Hopefully uh, Conley's able to play. Uh, but, you know, if he can't, well, then you got Joe. You'll see Joe. That's why I'm, I'm not worried about Joe. I have zero worries about Joe not making a bucket. I don't care. Was game five good enough for you? Was four to one good enough for you? And Jeff says, yes, it is. But as Kobe would say, job done? I don't think so. Wade doesn't quote Kobe, but he's got the same sentiment. One down, three to go. Well, there's four levels of jobs then. Yes. So, it's like going to medical school or something. You know, you got a whole bunch of steps you got to go along the way, and it's a long journey uh, to get there. Pretty sweet when you get there. Uh, so, this is just a step. And they, they understand that. They, they got it. They got it down complete. And nothing that you did in the first round have any bearing in the second round, and it's all brand new and all that stuff. That's why it's it's such the ultimate grind. The NBA playoffs is the biggest marathon postseason that we have. You know, because these things can last two weeks, and there could be four of them. That's a long time. A two-month grind. Yeah. Right. Now, you'd prefer that it didn't last as long, could put them away early. Right. In terms of the number of, seri- of, number of games. Baseball's a month. Football's a month, five weeks, but with one week off. Yeah, and you're only going one game a week. Football has its own uh, attractiveness. They build up to the games. And the, just the single, the, that single game, one and done, yeah. when you get in front, when you get in front of a TV or you go into the stadium for a game and you know in two or three hours it's all over for somebody, that's awesome. That heightens everything big time. And I think it's the, even though college basketball isn't as popular, March Madness still is, and it's for that reason. Sit down in two hours, somebody's done. Well, I already know ahead of time. The Clippers and Mavs, whomever, you're Mm. done. There it is. Yeah. Calling it. Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't call it? Homer announcers in Dallas and Los Angeles. I am a Homer announcer. (laughs) In Salt Lake City, that's different. I'm, I'm a Homer. I'm a homer, but I'm never at home. Don't even know what that means. <laughs> Just making stuff up. Well, the point being, they should be favored, whoever they play. And individually and collectively, as a team, they should expect to win. The mindset should be, we're going to win this series. Well, that, it shouldn't be, yeah. wow, we really, really need to play well, and then we'll see what happens. No, it should be, we're going to win. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Right. They beat both these teams two out of three regardless of who wins the series. And there's all kinds of, you know, it's a regular season, so it's different just because the regular season is different. And then you got who's missing in every game. The, uh, the Jazz beat the Mavs without Donovan Mitchell. And oh, we regardless. Clippers like sat that. everybody one game, but then had everybody back for the next one. That, that's yesterday. I'm living in the present, looking forward to the future. So it's Matt. Was that series good enough for you? Was that game good enough, Matt? Only 12 more, exclamation point. Little trophy emoji. Yeah. Four down, 12 to go. Well, if you're going to take the long range. Matt clearly is. I'm going to take the range of the second round. Donald says, no, it was not good enough. We want it all. 
well, first was first round good, but good enough. That's all we're asking is was first round good enough. We're not asking the entire postseason. We're asking first round. This, as I look at this first round from the Jazz perspective, this is what I would have wanted. Get a little bit of adversity, a little bit of a struggle, so it doesn't come totally easy, and find your way. Need to win. They needed to win two games. Now, obviously, they needed to win four. But individually, they needed to win game two. And they needed to win either game three or game four to take control of the series. Well, obviously, they won both of them. So the two games that they really needed to have to change the complexion and point it strictly and exclusively in one way they got. So that's a little bit. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, you're beating Larry Bird in the finals or something or Michael Jordan in the finals. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it was a small dose of we got to prove something here. Not only did they not beat Larry Bird, they didn't even beat Kawhi Leonard or Luka Doncic. You know, John Morant, this is his first playoff series. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't have to beat them in the first round because you have the best record. I assume, exactly. And I assume John Morant will be, you never know in the NBA things change so fast, but I assume John Morant and the Grizzlies will be a much tougher test in a year or two and they got three or four playoff series under their belt or whatever. It'll be a different deal, as it has been for Mitchell. We've seen his development. Right. He's first team All-NBA. He won't get it because he missed a bunch of games, but he's he's got first team talent. He's a first team All NBAer. Thank you, Riley. <laughs> Riley wishes he had said that. <laughs> what are the things over the years that you said on the air that you wished you didn't? Oh, at this point, I just wear it all. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you could go back. Well, I felt I Looking felt bad. Your crystal balls. I felt bad. I felt bad for Debbie, <laughs> but she handled it so well. But I felt bad for you know the other stuff. There's no one. No one feels bad if I say something wrong about you, you know don't really NASCAR. Like a Debbie. Yeah, well, see. I've been one for a long time. And <laughs> what happens first? Look into your crystal balls. Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> that would have slid past some people, but you made sure. Stop! Everyone notice. Notice! Pardon? You were like the guy, you got the earphones on, you're out in front of the airplane, you're down on the tarmac, and you got the uh, you got the flares or the flashlight or whatever thing, and you're directed, well, hey, hey, look at this! You know how Jack, Jack Buck couldn't believe what he just saw? Can't. I couldn't believe what I just heard! You could, too. <laughs> <laughs> Retail places to get the ultra big flag to what? call oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tore that thing down. The building's gone. The flagpole's gone. It's all gone. <laughs> Built. You passed aggressive little punks. Jeez. That one's different. That's though. the dark side right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one I did That's behind the curtains that they don't see That's that we live with curtain. day to day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Comma. <laughs> you liked that, didn't you, Yonk? You didn't see that Kwame coming. Kwame Brown? Exactly. <laughs> Way to go, Kwame. <laughs> Kwame Brown. <laughs> Look, I'm not as jacked up as DJ. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll look in on our crystal balls <laughs> and see about the second round. <laughs> but for today... 
We're resting on our laurels and resting on our Debbies. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and taking wow. these and basking in the round one playoff victory. It's been three years, right? Yep. Three long years since that Oklahoma City series, and everybody thought the arrow was up. That's two years in a row they've won in the first round. This stuff is automatic. This team's got it figured out. They made the transition from Gordon Hayward to Donovan Mitchell, and this is how it's going to be from now on. And it turned out that wasn't how yeah, it was. Yeah, although last year was so screwy. Last year was screwy. Put it off and two years side. before that, they were kind of victimized by uh, Houston. Scheduling uh, the way it played out. Yeah, too. Houston dropping and, and yeah. playing them. Yeah. That's uh, three years in a row now of teams – Trying to pick their first-round opponent, and the Jazz ended up on the short end of that stick. Right. They weren't good enough then. Right, but Houston was the four, and they should have been the two. Understood. But they ended up the four, so the Jazz ended up with somebody they should have seen in the second uh, round. Sure, they didn't win a nec- we don't know they would have won the first round either way. Nope. And I, I don't remember the standings outside of that. Uh, who it would have been if Houston yeah. hadn't set that things up. doesn't matter now. They, they, they're now they're assembled to win. And they took care of business, and I and I like that it was a tad bit of a struggle. I would, looking back now that it's done, I'm glad it went this way rather than just four zero, not much of a test, because this team needs a test. You know, the Jazz when they went to the finals that one year, they played a Clipper team that was under five hundred, right? And I think there was three games, it was three out of five in those days, and then they won three zero. They didn't need a test. They'd been together for so long. They were all in their 30s, and everybody was – they didn't even know if they had a rookie on a team. And so they didn't really need a test. I think this team needed a little bit of a test, and it, and it got it. Not a, not a great test, but just a little bit of a test. And that's what the first round, Memphis, to their credit, it's what they provided. And then you had the little soap opera drama with uh, Mitchell not being able to play in the first game and wanting to play, blah, blah, blah. Turns out it didn't mean anything. It's literally meaningless. But at the time, it was a little bit of a storyline, and there was a sense of nerves. And then they beat him handily in game two and go on the road. You got to get one. Well, let's get two. Go Ernie Banks. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Speaking of baseball players who built an awesome reputation <laughs> yeah. off the regular season. Yeah. But the team couldn't get him to the postseason. Let's get two, not just one, right? Ernie probably ripped that off from some NBA team that was uh, on in a road trip for the playoffs. Let's get two. <laughs> Bob Pettit? I don't even know. <laughs> who would it have been? Oh, they had the NBA playoffs back in early, his day, didn't early they? Early Bill Russell? I would think so, yes. Yeah, so let's get two. I don't even know when Ernie Banks played. I think late 50s. Is that when he started? I assume 50s and 60s. That. Yeah. So uh, they got two. So this series provided a nice tune-up and a nice little, hey, get your mental edge about you a little bit going into the second round. It's set up nicely, which it should as the number one seed. You should be tested to a degree but not full out right to the end, like Clippers and Mavs. That's a four or five, right? By definition, that, that should, should go be six tested. or seven, and that's where yeah. they're sitting. Six yeah. or seven, right? Because you got the closest you could possibly be in the seedings, so you have that there. And the West is a decent, uh, decent teams there. So you're going to see that with uh, every other series, right? 
I mean, the Nuggets and they're playing Blazers? game six tonight. Yeah, yeah. and the Lakers, the Suns Lakers, Suns are playing game six yeah. tonight. Right, and the Clipper game six is Friday. Right. So it, there's a lot of depth of talented teams with talented players on this uh, in the West. So you've seen that, and the biggest differential, obviously, in the seeding process is one versus eight. In this case, nine playing wins the eight, and this is the way it should. It went to form, which I think for this team where it's at right now, it was good. Now they got it in their back pocket. Now they got a few days off, maybe more than a few days off. Have to see how it plays out. Yeah, and then they'll be ready to go, hopefully for Conley's sake. Although I do think they, whoever they play, they could beat if Mike can't go every single game. Or zero games. I think they can withstand. Depending on how bad his injury is and how long the series goes. Because they're not that top-heavy. Like, the Lakers lose Davis, and they get smoked. Phoenix runs them off the floor. Right? So they're not, that's not their team. They can still be competitive with with an injury to Conley. Now, Gobert, that's another story. But at least offensively, I think Joe can come in, and, and if he has to start, he'll be ready to go. This, it's a role he's he's sort of like a, he's the ultimate swing man. He's gone back and forth between starter and coming off bench, but clearly he plays better when he starts. I mean, at least it seems that way to me. Maybe I'm wrong, and there's some jazz it is when he starts listening right now. It, I think he does play better when he starts, but I don't think he plays better because he starts. I think he plays better because he's not the decoy in the corner. He is in the middle of the offense because he starts because one of the three ball handlers is gone. Okay, fine. And so I just think he gets more touches. He gets more involved in the game. You kind of lose yourself in the game and whatever is distracting you or you're thinking about or you're putting too much pressure on, you're just in the game, in the moment, possession, possession, and it gets easier to do stuff. And obviously you have more opportunity. Well, I think I would go a little bit psychologically here, and maybe I'm out of my league, but I think that when he does, I think starting is a factor when a player's out because he knows he needs to have a ability to make up a little bit what they're missing. So I think he takes it on himself Yes, more. I think that psychological thing adds in. Yeah. Hey, I, I've got to be good tonight. We don't have, you know... We don't have whoever, because sometimes he starts because they don't have Donovan, and sometimes he started because they don't have Conley. Last thing he wants to do is let his team down. Well, he didn't let his team down in the first round. Nope. Even though he didn't make buckets, he didn't let anybody down. Well, he knows if I got to start and play 28 minutes, I have got to do this, this, and this in order for us to win, and he usually does that in those situations. The ultimate swing man, you say, and he will join us coming up in 40 minutes. Joe started 30 games this year. Came off the bench 37 games and sat out five. So that's split almost right down the middle right there. Uh All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Bowler's up next. Stay with us. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. 
DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Premier Wave. You've heard about acoustic wave therapy for ED and how it's an effective treatment to help nearly all men. There's now a physician on clinic here in Salt Lake. Learn how Premier Wave is unique by visiting premierwave.com for more information and to learn about Premier Wave's special offer. Time to welcome in Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz Bowler. Good morning. Hey, David James. DK. Hello. Bowler, you well, once dropped a legendary quote that I think is hilarious, and I hesitate to bring it up because I, I brought it up before and you seem slightly embarrassed by it. But I'll I think it's so it. fitting, I'm just going to risk it, Bowler. And if I'll you freeze it. me out and don't take my calls for the next year, I'll just deal with it. Okay. All right. You were doing the NCAA tournament up in Boise, and right. Gordon Monson followed you, and he wrote a profile on you and what it's like, right? And you ended up with four games in a row that all went down to the buzzer. Yeah, and at some point in the third or fourth game, you turned around and told him your underwear was soaking wet. Now, <laughs> A, hilarious, B, too much information, C, four straight games in that hot, sweaty gym, I totally believe it. There you uh, go. D, I wondered if that happened to you during Game 5 of the Jazz because <laughs> you were out of your mind. Donovan Mitchell was blowing your mind. He was blowing Matt Harpering's mind. He was blowing Alema Harrington's mind. Right on down the line, blowing Thurl's mind. I mean, it was just nonstop. Oh. He blew everybody's mind right last night in the building. Uh, and to get to your point, yeah, I was sweating pretty good in Boise, and I was uh, sweating a bit last night. It was a little hot outside, by the way, and it kind of transferred into the building. But that's one of the most incredible performances I, I have witnessed. Uh, and shots that were Steph Curry-like uh, with crowds and hands and face and short shot clocks, uh, Donovan Mitchell showed us why he's reached another level, in my opinion. And playoffs – Everyone will tell you, every analyst I've run across, say when you hit the postseason, that's when you step to the next level, and Donovan has reached that. Uh, I guess that would equate into from star status or all-star status to a superstar status. Um, I saw some incredible things last night, and you know, there's a lot of arguments whether or not the Jazz dominated the the Memphis Grizzlies. Look, they're a good young team with a lot of a lot of work to do, but some pieces they need off the bench uh, because the Jazz bench dominated really throughout the series. But uh, they've got a couple of uh, players that, that are the real deal as well. But look, the Jazz dominated Memphis most of the series, obviously, except for game one. There were some leads, massive leads that were lost. Look, you know, last night you build a 35-point lead and you went by 16. So it kind of takes away that argument a bit but yeah they dominated most of the series and uh last night the first half i mean i'm looking at my scorecard and i i really almost ran out of ink in the first half with donovan but you know you score 75 or 47 in the first quarter that to me equates to domination and they they did dominate memphis so was your mind blown <laughs> Yeah, I think at times I just was going, you know, Matt and I looked at each other across our little plexiglass barrier like, gosh, you know, you, you give kind of verbal cues. You guys do that, right? Like, I'm looking over like, really? really? Well, yeah, he flips me off, though. That's like <laughs> nonstop. Nonstop flip? Okay. <laughs> I've given him the bird twice during this interview already. <laughs> 
She blew my nose and then she blew my mind. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if Donovan <laughs> blew his nose, but he blew my mind. Uh, yeah, no, maybe he did. He had allergy issues, right? Didn't he yeah. say the post game? That's yeah, what he, he been, said. Yeah, had a lot of allergy problems, man. But said no, he was up on the hour when, every hour, <laughs> right? Maybe sometimes when you're uh, not feeling your best, you play some of your best basketball. But uh, Donovan did it all. Um, I think what's also impressive is in this series, he also rebounded and had you know assists. I mean, he got his teammates involved. Look, thirty and ten along with six rebounds and 30 minutes of play. I mean, I don't know what else you can do. But that, that tells me a lot about who he is and how he's worked through this year. Uh, I said last night on the broadcast, this team has gone through more trial and turbu- you know, tribulation uh, than any team I can think of, uh, you know, recently. You know, starting in Oklahoma City and then the alleged Rudy Donovan flare-up, the bubble, you lose the 3-1 lead. Uh, you know, Jerry Sloan passes, Dougie Burrell passes away, their longtime masseuse. Uh, we lose Mark Eaton uh, this past week. You know, the t- plane trip to Memphis and the flock of birds. I mean, this this has been mentally challenging. Uh, and if there's a team that's prepared for a long run, I keep thinking it's the Utah Jazz. And they've grown together and they've, you know, witnessed and been through all this together and they made a very strong decision that Donovan stated strongly last year in the bubble never again and you know his prediction held true right his statement held yeah. true they're on the round two and we'll see who they who they play whether it's Dallas or the, or the LA Clippers well I believe that Mitchell is going to fail miserably in the second round and he doesn't have enough talent to do what he did, and this was just a fluke, and he's really not that good. So, could you please deliver that message to him? Oh, sure. I, uh, I. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how that's setting now with a few of the critics. Um, yeah. you know, look, hey, Donovan, if he uses his motivation, so be it. I mean, criticism right. is uh, cl- clearly is he used the Dylan Brooks fun. thing as in yeah. as a, something to get him fired up. What was he doing? Wasn't he holding up fingers? You know, that's three, that's yeah, four. Yeah, the other game, you know, the yeah. Fouls. Yeah, Brooks had struggles. Look, he's uh, Brooks can score and do his own thing, too, but Donovan has a way of um, maybe getting into a few of these guys' heads. He's learned that maybe from Joe Ingles, who uh, is up next. Tell Joe to keep shooting the ball, will you? Just let him just keep shooting the ball. He'll be fine. Craig Boulderjack joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz knocking out the Grizzlies. So, Quinn always likes to have something, and I think all coaches do, really. You know, hey, you did this well, you did this well. Here's something we really got to work on. I don't know that he has that right now. Now, maybe he can go, once he knows who the opponent is, he can go back and look at the regular season games and say, well, we didn't do this well against him. And obviously, they're going to emphasize this because they know that. They got the film, too. But what's he got to hang his hat on right now? It went so well. Well, I think he still wants some more offensive rebounds, even though that did improve in the last couple of games. And I'm still thinking that the Jazz turned the ball over too much and teams take advantage and score off the turnovers. I mean, I'm just looking last night, 18 points off 15 turnovers. You know, teams like Memphis who run uh, and they can break and run run away from you, 
you don't want to you don't want to allow that. Whether it's Luka Doncic or Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, whoever it may be in round two, but I still think you've got to take care, of the, as he calls them, the lazy pass. If you're going to pass, be precise and throw it with intention, with authority. Uh, like the one that Royce threw, or excuse me, Donovan threw to Royce on a string last night. Look, that ball could have been picked off. It whizzed through traffic, but Donovan made a decision to deliver the pass, and it was it was a beautiful play. But a lot of times, uh, we see the Jazz get a little lax, and I think you still have to keep the, the I mean, the ball on a string. If you're going to make the pass, make sure you want to get it there, not lazily lay it out there. And teams understand. All teams, Jazz understand passing lanes, right? So you have to just make smart decisions, and then if you do turn it over, try to pedal back as fast as you can on defense. But when the Jazz struggle, it's usually turnovers, and teams are able to score off those giveaways. So that's the one thing maybe he can hang his hat on. I'm just thinking out loud and and grab more offensive rebounds, second-chance point opportunities for the Jazz. That's where I'd go. Do you have a preference you think either team, as far as who would be at advantage, disadvantage in the second round as an opponent? PK, I'd say let's kick this one around a little bit because I'm not sure. What do you guys see? I, I don't know if the chemistry is right in L.A. I, I just didn't think it last summer when Paul George said we really didn't come in here to try to win a championship and my mouth kind of hit the ground a bit because that's why they brought him in, right, to yeah. team up with Kawhi to make that happen. I'm not sure. I'm just not. I don't don't know if the chemistry's right uh, with the Clippers. Dallas is a uh, but but again talented. You know when they're on, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are a dynamic duo, and they can score in bunches like they did last night. A late what nine zero run to to force a you know to to force some doubt on who was going to win that game. Um, I tell you, Luca. I've never believed that one guy can beat you in a seven-game series, but the guy is uber-talented and can do it all, rebound, assists, and points, and then you got Przingis if he stays healthy. So, you know, look, the Jazz are going to have to go through potentially one of those two teams, obviously, and then the Western Conference Final. Um, you know, who who could that be? Phoenix? But, you know, if, Paul, if uh, Chris Paul gets healthy with the shoulder, uh, man, it's still a long road, right, to the top. Um, I'm thinking Dallas in my head, only because uh, Kawhi Leonard has championship experience. And uh, I think Dallas is still growing like the Jazz. So I could see Dallas beating the Clippers and making round two the Mavs and the Jazz. Kind of rhymes. <laughs> right? Okay. PK, I mean, I, PK's uh, preference all along has been central time zone teams because it avoids 8.30 starts. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't want to stay up till 11.30 watching up. postgame when he's got to do morning radio. Yeah. So yeah, What's this stuff, man? Why am I up till 11.30 watching a ball game, right? When i got to be at the office by 6. Yeah, Come I on. can handle 10.30, but 11.30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that extra hour, PK, is important to you. I oh, know. No question. Too. Yeah. yeah. We've all been there. The Clippers. I mean, you got, are you guys picking Dallas? I think you you're. I think Clippers? you're. I think you're spot on. There's three things to look at. One is, I think the Clippers have the more talented roster. I think the Clippers have the better playoff experience. I think that's not debatable. But right. the Clippers, there is something wrong. There's some chemistry issue. There's something going on there that if a team really puts them under pressure, you can get them to crack. The Nuggets did it last year. The Mavs might be doing it right in front of our eyes. 
Yeah. It was. Yeah. It's just so weird to watch. There's something off. The Clippers shouldn't have been the four seed. I realize they played their way into the four seed, but they they shouldn't have been the three seed that chose to play their way into the four seed. You know. So there's there's that. I I think you're right about Dallas. I think you want the team with less talent. I think the Jazz should be favored over either team. I think they also can lose either team. There's no there's no slam dunk easy way out here. You know, either one of these teams could beat them, but I don't think that the Jazz have any reason to really, you know, I don't know, scared. I don't know how you get scared in a basketball playoff. That doesn't seem the right word. But you know what I mean? There shouldn't be any intimidation or scare factor there. It's, right, they've right. gone into series where there just didn't appear to be a path to victory, right? When they played the Warriors, uh, when they played the Rockets in the second round, they just didn't look like there was a chance they were going to win that. I, I think they're... I think they can be favored. Well, I think they would be favored over Dallas and could be over the Clips. And even if they're not, that's, I think, because people just underestimate. Yeah. Just when you think the Clippers have it together and get on a roll, it goes wrong. And it did in the regular season and it has in the playoffs. It's really confounding, I think, is the word we're looking for. Well, you're saying, you know, favorites. I think the Jazz would be a heavier favorite against Dallas and maybe Clippers would come in just because of uh, the Kawhi factor and Paul George maybe – you know, a one-point type of spread favorite if you're looking at the Vegas odds. One thing we haven't talked about is the health of Mike Conley. I mean, upset that he, you know, walked off the floor last night. Indication was he felt like it wasn't as bad as his last <clears throat> um, hamstring issue. And that's just, that's, that's to me is disappointing during this run. Look, the Jazz are deep, and that's the, that's, that's the key word to all this. Um, and I'm sure Joe can speak to it later on the Joe Ingles show um, after his fourth cup of cut, Joe. But, you know, Mike's going to look the MRI, have an MRI today. He'll be evaluated. I thought he was more upbeat and positive. He knows his body, and he could just probably feel it tightening, so that's why he walked off and went to the locker room. But look, look how – PK, look at the series he had against Memphis. I mean, look at the gut punches and the kidney you know, punches he took from Dylan Brooks and the headbutts and kept his cool – an average, you know, twenty and ten. I mean, he's a big, he's a big piece of the puzzle right now. Yeah, Donovan can carry the load for a while, but if by chance the series with Dallas and the Clippers extends to seven, it only benefits the Jazz and Mike Conley, right? With yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest. That's why I think it's important that the the Clippers win, no matter who they play, because I think that from the Conley perspective, he is your ultimate security blanket. Yeah, get the ball to Mike. And good stuff is going to happen, uh, and it may not go. The bucket may not go in, but it's going to be a good shot. I guess the shot, not the bucket, but the shot is going to be a good shot. It's going to be a good play. I mean, I don't recall watching him all the time in Memphis, obviously, but clearly right now he's playing the best as he has with the Jazz, and he is a major, major factor. And it would be a blow not to have him. So yeah. whatever it takes to get him healthy. That's what you do. So rather than, well, I'm worried about, do I would I prefer to play Dallas? Would I prefer to play the Clippers? I want it to see go seven, and then whatever happens, happens. Because if I have a healthy Conley, to me, that's the most important aspect going into round two. Yeah, totally agree. The way he's been able to score, shoot the three, and share the ball, and blend with Donovan's return after the, the game one, that Donovan was a late scratch. Uh, they didn't really miss much of a beat. They averaged, if I'm not mistaken, about 
gosh, nearly what, 50, 49 points in the series uh, with, in the backcourt. John Dylan Brooks were dynamic. They were like 55 or something. So it was really kind of an interesting battle with the two backcourts in that series. But you're right, PK. Uh, you've got to have Mike somewhere in that series return in round two. And the longer the, the Clippers and Dallas battle, the more tired they become and the more rested and healed uh, Mike Conley becomes. I hope it's hope the MRI shows nothing and it just goes through treatment and it's a little bit of time to get him back on the floor. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. You're the man. You know what's weird? What? We refer to Mitchell as a late scratch in game one, and that's a horse racing term. Mm-hmm. And he played at Louisville, <laughs> yeah. which is where Churchill Downs is. It, the parallels are so freaky. I like the ultimate security blanket with Conley. That was better. And I get why you like the horse but and the whole Mitchell's a thoroughbred, too. Yeah, Watch him play. Here. I like the ultimate security blanket better. And he's a triple crown winner. All right, now. Easy does it. <laughs> and he's not taking drugs. I was going to say he's not Bob Baffert. Hey, right. oh. Bob Baffert, oh. Craig, of course, you know Bob Baffert went to school, college at the University of Arizona, which they teach. They literally have a major at the University <laughs> of Arizona in how to cheat. Is that a three-hour or six-hour credit course? Well, you only put in three hours, but you get credit for six because you're literally cheating while <laughs> well you're taking done. the class. Well done. Typical well done. University of Arizona grad is a cheater. Wow. Who would have thought? From a sun devil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obvious. Crazy. Yeah. Hey, well, all I can say is giddy up. <laughs> That's nice. Nice. Well done. Way to leave on a high note, Costanza. Good work. Yeah. Giddy up. All right, Bowler, uh, I know you got to go, but you have to listen to the next segment because I have a Danny Ainge quote for everybody who's heard about Ainge retiring, but they've yeah. also heard the rumors about Ainge with the Jazz. Why would you retire if, if you're going to take a job two weeks later? What's going on here? Ainge did a radio interview. He has a quote. I think it's telling. We're sharing it next. Be here. I, I will tune in and then listen to Joe. Joe, yes. Ainge quote next segment. Joe, the segment after that. Joe will be here in 15 minutes. All right. I'm at my desk, and I'm dialing in right now on uh, the uh, my computer app. There it is. Nice. Use yeah. our app. You can hit us up online on your, your old school desktop at 1280thezone.com. <laughs> uh, you can grab the app, and you can use the open mic feature and send us a take based on what you hear. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Anyone calling you yet? No, I don't. I you know, I haven't really made myself available, um, but no, it would probably be too early for that. I need I need some time off. I need to get away. And um, but listen, I don't want to I don't want to not do anything the rest of my life. I want to work, but I don't want to do very much. So there's not that many people out there looking for somebody to hire to do very little and pay. <laughs> <laughs> That's Danny Ainge on the radio in Boston, WBZ-FM. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When you get the carpets and tile clean, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean. Don't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. 
So that's Ainge saying he wants to work, but he doesn't really want to do a lot of work. I want to work, but I don't want to do very much. Hmm. So there's not that many people out there looking for somebody to hire to do very little. Uh, obviously, he's highly qualified for Channel 2 Sports Department. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Our BYU correspondent, Danny Ainge, joins us now. Danny, what's going on in Provo? <laughs> What gig can you get that you want to work, but you don't want to work a lot? Uh, talking sports, Sunday nights for about 10 minutes from 11 till 10 Oh, now after you're taking 11. a shot at me. <laughs> I'm the lowest guy on the totem pole, obviously. First one caught, and now you take a shot at me. You go Dylan Do Brooks on me. I not have any me. feelings at all anymore? You go Dylan Brooks on me. You fire the first arrow, and then you complain when I stick the three-pointer. No, but I wasn't talking about you. I was I talking about all were. the people you complain about, your coworkers at Channel 2. That's another shot. Here I come again. <laughs> I've already crossed you over with 48 seconds left in the half. Now I'm going to hit the buzzer beater. I would give anything to reclaim my spot at 11 o'clock Sunday night. I don't think you'll have to. But nothing's done until it's done. So we'll just see how uh, time rolls on here. It's over till it's over. Well, I think Angie's going to find a way back in. Yes. He's got a good track record. It's not a perfect track record. It's I had soured. somebody I had somebody tell me, "Well, it's it's what's the legacy?" I said, "Well, it's mixed, but it's mixed for everybody." Well, you have to win more than you lose. Right. Now, when you're the GM, your free agents, your drafts, your trades, that's your The Tatum trade-down draft pick awesome. looks brilliant. Awesome, yeah. And gutsy. It could have gone wrong. How did he know that they weren't going to trade out and someone else was going to trade in and take his guy? And how did he know Tatum was going to be that good? Or this good? Right. A lot of things. Yes. But I, you got to be gutsy in that business. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But there's been tons of speculation, and you and I have both heard it. And then you, you had an awesome story coming in this morning. You're listening to satellite radio, and there's some NBA guy. I don't, I don't, I don't even know who it was. Yeah. yeah, and he was talking like it's a done deal. Ainge is just going to leave Boston and go to Utah and run the Jazz because you know Provo is a small world. And everybody knows everybody, and he's Ryan's guy. And blah 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 blah. Right. And here's Danny saying, "Well, I want to work, but I don't want to do very much." I mean, he just played it for you. That's literally out of Danny's own mouth. That, to me, sounds like a guy who is interested in the— and, and is. if I told you it's not perfect, but I think it fits. It's close enough. What? Danny Ainge is a poor man's Jerry West. Former player, not as good a player. West was the star. Range with, Ainge was more role guy. Mm-hmm. But both very good. Both did a lot of winning. When they hung it up, a, a lot of basketball people looked at him and thought— Career well done. Third best player ever to come out of Utah College. Tip of the hat. Nice. Tip of the hat. Career well done. Go into management, which is a brutal transition for a lot of players who've won a lot. And yet, he did it. they have a lot of success. And obviously, West had way more success than Age. But Age won a championship. He had lots of teams that won 50 games. Lots of teams that won a playoff series or two. We're in a West second round conference final. Yeah, right. And then hit Shaq and Kobe. And then, but he went in and did the consultant thing with the Warriors. And I just wonder if Ainge is looking for something like that. I, I want to work. I, I have no idea. I don't, all I know is what he said on the air here. 
I want to work, but I don't want to do very much. Now, he's setting up a joke because he's funny. You know Austin pretty well from covering him. They got a sense of humor. So they're saying stuff to get a laugh. Yes. I want to work, but I don't want to do very much. So there's not that many people out there looking for somebody to hire to do very little. We play it for you, and Yach, you can hear the host laughing, right? Okay, Ainge is self-deprecating. He's funny. But there's truth there. He's 62, and that's too young to retire. But he's 62, three heart attacks, and he's been— Three heart attacks? I thought it was three. Wow. Was, was it not three? I, I don't know that. He certainly had one, but he's I thought had it was at least one. I know that. I thought wow. it was more than one. I don't know that. All right, well, I'll, so I'll disown that if I'm wrong. I'm not saying wrong. I don't know it. He's had at least one, right? He's had health issues. He's 62. Wow. If he doesn't want to be married to the job every day, who can blame him? He wants to be married to Michelle. hey <laughs> So is he looking for a Jerry West-type consultant thing? That seems to make sense, just going off what he said yeah. on the radio this morning. Where is this going? Because there are people assuming that he's just going to hop right back into the deep end of the pool. And then there's other people who are buying that he, that the Celtics announced retirement and that he is retired and done. He seems to be indicating there's some middle path here. DJ and PK, Joe Ingles, next. Stay with us. Hey, yeah. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic. And certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Morning. I know it's always a good morning when you're taking your kid to school and then... uh, Doing whatever you do with the rest of your day, but is it a little better when the playoff series win is in the back pocket? Oh, for sure, no, no doubt. Obviously, uh, the first part's very, very enjoyable. Getting to take my, well, to take Jacob to school this morning. Uh, unfortunately, Miller's on her summer break at the moment um, before she starts summer school. So, um, yeah, just drop Jacob off and. Um, yeah, very nice to win the series. Um, I guess kind of get ready for the next one. Obviously, not not knowing who we're playing yet, but kind of start to think about the next round. Use this next couple of days until we know to to get some rest and get some treatment and um, get ready for for whatever whoever we're going to be playing next. Joe, I want you to get me Donovan Mitchell's autograph because he is a bad, bad man. How fun was it to watch that? You cut out at the start of that. I heard bad, bad man. I'm <laughs> <laughs> talking about Donovan Mitchell. I want his autograph, oh, man, because yeah. this kid is incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's. I've said it a few times. It's, it's just not surprising to me anymore, and it hasn't been for a very, very long time. Um, we... Uh, 
he does. Like we, we see it on a daily basis at practice. You see the work he puts in. Um, I've talked about the film, uh, just just all that, all those things to prepare and be as ready as possible. Um, and then obviously at the end of the day, he's also got that. Um, I don't know what you call it, X factor, actually to to go out there and do it. Like you can prepare and work as hard as you want, but. Um, Sometimes it doesn't translate, or not not all of it will translate. But he goes out there, and um, I mean, there's, I know I know he's been great. I think the the best thing and the, the coolest part about how he's been playing is the the poise and the the reads off pick and roll. I think he he had that one turnover where he got blitzed, and I think he stepped on the line, or the ball went over the, the half court line. And apart from that, he, he's like they've played so many different styles of defense in this series against him um, whether it be dropping the big all the way back and like letting the guard kind of fight over and under whether it be, be blitz the, the big at the point of the screen switching um, I mean you name it they did it this series and um, yeah just to see his poise and his his reads against them is, is second to none so um, that was that was the coolest part for me and um, I mean, yeah, it makes everyone else's job a lot easier when he's playing at the level that he's playing at. So I get a lot of what you're saying, and I agree, but i got to say that last minute of the first half still stunned me. I mean, the look on his yeah. face, the way he was talking, he made you look like, you know, you, you the stuff you say on the court is nothing. He was going at Dylan, <laughs> and I thought, honestly, I know everyone hates Dylan Brooks. I thought Dylan Brooks' defense on the shot with 48 seconds left. I thought he stayed with Donovan a long time. The replay showed Donovan trying to grab with the left hand. It'd be an offensive foul. It's like he's hooking him, sweeping out of the way. I mean, i got to give Dylan Brooks a ton of credit, and Donovan still stuck that shot in his face. No, for sure. I mean, it was, I think that last one, myself and JC, or I can't remember who was on the court, were like wide open on the other side. It was just like, you could tell that Donovan gets in these like modes sometimes. <laughs> um, and it's like, it doesn't matter. He got five guys on him, and it's you, like, we all stand there very confident that he's going to score. Um, obviously, the, the talk between him and Brooks was something that um, I think Brooks actually initiated a lot of it when Donovan was out that first game, and um, Donovan wasn't going to let him uh, <laughs> kind of get the, the upper step and, um, and be the one walking away with a series or a game or anything. So... Um, uh, like you said, though, I think um, I know everyone hates Brooks, but I mean the kid competes his ass off. He, he plays extremely hard. He's, he's obviously super talented. Um, I mean, one of the things we talked about a lot. I think the big. I think he there was a stat that came up in one of our meetings that I think he led the league in fouls this year. So obviously that's a big part. And I think he fouled out in two or three of the games. He had four or five in a couple of them. He had three or four in the first half of one of them. Like. That, that's the stuff that's obviously hurting him a little bit because he can't be out there as much as he, he his team needs him to be. So um, I know everyone hates him, but you've got to give him credit for, regardless of the score of the series, he, he does play the same way. Um, but yeah, I think obviously Donovan. Um, I mean, it's yeah. What <laughs> I don't know what you expect to do against Donovan when he's he's in that frame of mind and that aggressive and that confident. I'm always fascinated, Joe, on what motivates professional NBA players who are already at the highest level. 
and what gets them going beyond? Because I think just walking into the building should be a ton of motivation. So from your perspective, when you see trash talking or whatnot, and you hear guys on whatever uh, radio, show, television, well, I'm going to pick the Grizzlies, or I don't think the Jazz are this good or whatever, how much does that actually motivate an individual to go out and maybe be in a little bit better? I mean, some of it's just funny. Uh, I think some of it is you can clearly see in some instances people are literally just saying things for people to retweet or talk about or um, like there's, there's no, there's just no like facts in what they're saying. They're literally saying something about an individual or about a team, whether it be the Jazz aren't good or not going to win or whatever it may be. Joe sucks, Donovan Sullivan, whatever the the narrative behind it is, um, and they're literally just saying it for the for the, the clicks or the retweets or the, the the conversation. Like, oh, radio host X said this, and they get their name in the media a little bit. So some of it's just ridiculous. Um, some people, uh, I think, genuinely have debates with I don't know their guest or the the co-host or whatever it is, and make bring up good points or talk about interesting things. Um, I think the ones, I think there's certain people or, or shows or whatever you want to call it that you can read or see that you just like, they're literally doing this for clicks. And then some of it's like, like I said, you can tell that it's, they're, they're genuinely having a debate about will the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Jazz or will they steal two games at home or whatever the, the case is. So some of it, can motive, like I, I think individually individuals take it differently. Um, people could tell me I'm the best player in the world or the worst player in the world, and it's not going to affect me the way there's three or three people and a baby at home that are the ones that I I play for and that I want to, to respect from and the, to to make proud. Um, and there's a, a locker room and a coaching staff that, that the same same thing for. for and this is me. I'm talking about myself personally. So maybe Donovan reads something and does take it personally and, and goes out there and wants to prove something, something wrong. Um, everyone is different. For, for me, it's my, my family and, and my teammates um, and coaching staff, that kind of inner core of, of our, our jazz group. Um, if I'm doing what they need me to do and they know what I'm doing um, and I'm making them proud and doing um, what I need to do for us to win, then I'm going to sleep well at night. You can tweet to me whatever you want. It's going to uh, be water of a dust bag. So um, everyone takes it differently. It's just, uh, I don't know, like you said, some people use it as motivation. Some people disregard it and don't even kind of have a second thought about it. So when... Donovan Mitchell is hitting these dramatic threes. Everybody can enjoy it and appreciate it. But there's a lot of little things that Quinn and the coaching staff ask out of you guys and in the scouting report and in practices. And you get deep in the series, you've probably heard it over and over. We hear some of it in the Zoom calls, and I, and I try to watch for it. I'm curious what the little things are that the coaches, whether it's the assistant you work with or whether it's Quinn, really appreciate. And I'll give you an example. One thing I saw... Valanciunas was 
uh, just a beast on the offensive boards early in the series. And I thought Rudy really tried to run him. And I think that's been a point of emphasis for a long time. And it's hard for the seven-foot guys to get up and down the court. But Rudy was in a full-in sprint a few times. Valanciunas is trying to keep up with him. I'm thinking, man, Valanciunas doesn't play at altitude. This has just got to kill him over the course of a game. And it probably makes him less of a factor on the backboards. We all appreciate Donovan going for 30, but what are some of the little things you did to win the series? Yeah, I think what you said at the start, it's the, the stuff we focus on as a team that we know can help us win games. And then there's stuff individually. Um, like as a, as a group, I think the, one of the, there's a couple of Valentinas that's kind of involved in both, really. The, the rebounding was something that, was something that we, we had focused on. And, um, obviously, Rudy getting hits and the, and the guards getting hits because they were. They are a team that crash and they crash the boards. And um, <laughs> the games that they were in the game and the games that they um, made a run and when we had those leads, they were were games that we had or, or they had offensive rebounds, 16, 17 offensive rebounds, or six in a quarter, uh, or four or five in a three or four minute stretch. They're the ones that um, where the games were close or they got the game back. Um, the turnovers, obviously, for us is something that we, we focused on a lot. Uh, we, we know we're going to turn the ball over at times because we move the ball. Um, but there's also the, the bad ones that, that get them out in transition. Um, and I think as, as individuals, there's different things that different guys do in, in different games, or in this case now, series. Um, I think, I mean, for, for me, it was quite obvious the last couple of games how bad I was playing and trying to get in a flow a little bit. And, it was like, all right, what can I do to help? Like, I can push the ball when I've got the ball and, like, get JC an, an easy touch or push it and, and pitch it to Donovan and get him downhill without him having to bring it up against pressure. Um, like, getting hits on the defensive end so Rudy's not down there fighting by himself. Whatever things we can do, I guess for me personally, but everybody's kind of in the same frame of mind. Um, like what, what can we do to, to make it easier for the teammate? What can we do to um, help on a possession, to, to help Rudy on a rebound? And, and ultimately, everybody's goal at the end is, is to win the game. So, yeah, I could miss every shot, but can I get out there and, and get, for me, like it's like with that second year, like get JC touches in the right spot, get Donovan some possessions where he doesn't have to bring the ball up every time, or usually, usually it's Mike. Um, obviously more Donovan last night in the second half. Um, can I get Rudy a, a touch on a roll um, when they're playing a certain style of defense? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's different. And obviously the next series as a team, whoever we play will, will be different to what these ones are. There might be some some similarities that, that, that kind of roll over to the next series, but it will be some different things, whether it be the, the, the Mavericks or the Clippers. Um, and then again, same thing individually. Like, what what can we do as each individual to, to help our group and again ultimately um, win a game and, and win four games in a in a series. So, if shots aren't falling, and you've already acknowledged that they weren't falling for you in this series, uh, is it easy, hard to maintain confidence? Um, I mean, it's easy to maintain confidence because I know I put the work in. I know I shoot every day, and I go and do this routine and I get extra shots up. I, I know I'm doing the right things. Um, 
it's not like I missed a few shots and decided to sit on the couch and get drunk with a beer and pizza and try and like wipe my sorrows away. Um, I, I know I'm doing the, the the right things in the process to to, to make shots. Like I, I mean, some nights they they go in, some nights they don't. And right. when they're not, like I said, I've got I've got to find other ways to to still be effective, to still help Donovan, Rudy, Mike, JC. All our, all our guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I mean, we've talked about it a million times. Like, I'm not going to force shots, and um, if I've missed a few shots because I, well, obviously, I, I want to make shots. I'm not going out there to miss, um, but I'm not going to force shots just to score, or just to make a couple three. I'm not going to take bad shots to do that. Um, I think there's there's other ways I can impact the game and through some of those things I was, I was saying before. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely frustrating. It's not like I woke up this morning and was like, yes, I didn't make a shot. Like, this is awesome. Um, but I, I know I, I do the right things every day to put myself in a position to, to make those shots. And then usually, like I said, the shots I take are the ones that I do practice. So, um, yeah, if only, if anything, stats and everyone looks up that it just means i'm in for a, a little run here to, to yeah. make a string of a lot of shots in a row and and then if you make a lot of shots in a row i think the beer and pizza sounds pretty good too <laughs> <laughs> i think i'll hold off that for a little while but uh no it'll be it'll be nice obviously it's i mean it was it is frustrating it's not like i like i said it's not like i it, it was it's like a double-edged sword it's obviously i was extremely happy we won the series and um, we're able to do it, especially the last couple of games, with myself not not playing well or not up to, to my standard or what I believe I can do to, to help the group. Um, but we won the series, and I won't swear like I was going to swear, um, but we won the series, and, and I know myself and, and obviously my teammates and stuff and the uh, some of the bozos on Twitter, um, everyone knows I can play play better. I know that. Um, first and foremost, and um, I'll make sure I, like I said, get get some rest, get some treatment, and, and get ready for this uh, for this next series whenever we start. So I saw some uh, headlines in the news about Australia this week, and it made me think of you, Joe. I saw a thing about uh, Australians and can they travel and go on vacation, or as Aussies like to say, on holiday. And there's real strict uh, restrictions on leaving the country and coming back because of the coronavirus pandemic. And I'm curious. Are you going to be able to go home this summer? Are there rules? Have you looked into that? Or is your wife looking into that? Uh, we've looked into it. It's actually, it's, uh, I laugh, but it's not funny at all. It's actually been, it's actually been really tough on, on both of us and our, and our family. Um, as you guys know, and, and probably we, we do go home every summer, um, usually. Uh, last, the summer just gone, we obviously couldn't with, COVID being as kind of hot as it was at that time. Um, and like you said, it's, uh, Australia had some, some fairly strict rules um, and still do to this day. The rules have not changed since um, since kind of COVID first kind of, I guess, blew up the way it did. Um, so it's actually been pretty tough on our, just kind of our, I guess, our little family here, um, not being Renee's super close with her family, her parents, not being able to, not being able to obviously come over here. Um, I mean, they could come over here, but they're 
they're obviously older too, and and they're traveling, and they're not vaccinated. Vaccinated. I think Australia's had like one or two percent vaccinated in the country because of how well they did do early on um, with kind of shutting it out and kind of shutting the country down to a certain extent, or at least people traveling into the country. Um, and obviously, yeah, like uh, like I said, we we haven't been able to go home either. So it's been. I think it's just over two years now, give or take, of us seeing anyone that's close to us. Um, not even just for us, for, for the kids. Um, I mean, Jack's nearly seven months now and has never met a family member. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's been rough. Obviously, we, are, we understand why Australia has the rules they have because of, the, like, they're living normally in Australia. They're in a lockdown right now because of, I think like 20 cases or something, and they shut the. They're about to be 10 or 12 days into a, I think a 14 day lockdown um, over like 30 or 40 cases. Um, so yeah, I mean it's been tough, but we understand why they're doing and why they've got the rules. I guess that they've got, but um, at the end of the day, it doesn't make it any easier not seeing anyone um, close to you for for a couple of years. Well, here's to knocking down threes in the second round, Joe. We're behind you. I'm good, man. Uh, like I said, I, I know I put the work in. I know it's frustrating, obviously, for myself. It's probably frustrating for fans watching, being like, why doesn't he just make a shot? Like, <laughs> I've never once gone out there and, like, I'm going to go 0 for 6 tonight or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating, but like I said, I'll... I'll I'll use these few days to, to get right and get ready and rest up and um, put put in some work, obviously, and, um, yeah, get get ready for this next series. It, I mean, it can't get much worse than the last couple of games, can it? So I can only go up. There you go. You're due. It's a baseball expression. Have Donovan explain it to you. I've heard he's kind of into baseball a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to win a lot of money on our bets, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd bring that up. All right, Joe, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Of course. Appreciate it, guys. All right. There's Joe Ingles, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. More in a moment. Everything you missed in this show. The Jazz are wrapping up their series. They're not the only team. Now the focus on the Mavericks and Clippers. Who's going to win that series? And Danny Ainge's comments about his future this morning on Boston Radio. That's all coming up next. Stay with us. For the Utah Jazz. Get out of the way. Round one is done. Got it! As Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and Mike Conley sent the Grizzlies pack. Donovan! Now it's on to round two as the Jazz make a push to an NBA title. I live for the hunt. I live for it. Won't stop till I get what I want. Won't stop. I don't care what it takes. Joe Ingles! Jordan Clarkson! Hear every second of every moment of Utah Jazz playoff basketball. It's all about survival. Right here on your exclusive home of the Jazz. 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Zone Sports Network. Flex, Rudy, flex! Simmons with it to Harris. Fakes on Gafford. Drives it, runner with the right hand, and in. And that'll do it. The Sixers are leading by 21. Trey Young in the middle. Trey gets the pick. Fires a long three, and he makes it. Bray hits the long three from way downtown. Into the backcourt. It's run down by Hardaway. Two on one. Up top for Doncic. One times it home off the board. And a timeout by Ty Lue. Doncic with 2.20 remaining. Backs up against Mann as they spread the floor. 
Shot clock at six. Right corner, Porzingis for three. Good! He knocked it down! And a timeout by Ty Lue! Highlights from around the NBA. Four games last night. Three of them closeout games, and the three teams are up 3-1, all one, all ended the series. The Jazz knocked out the Grizzlies. Atlanta knocked out the Knicks. And Philadelphia, playing without Joel Embiid, eliminated the Washington Wizards. So those series are all in five. Philly's going to play Atlanta in the second round. The Jazz now wait for the Mavericks and the Clippers. And PK, yeah. that was a weird game. What game? The Clippers game. Yeah. The, the Mavericks game. The Clippers were up. It looked like comfortably in the middle of the game, but there's a long way to go. Sure enough, the Mavericks reeled them in, had a little bit of a lead late, hit a couple of big hoops. Porzingis hit a three. They went up 10 with 2.13 to go, and they still ended up sweating out the final few seconds. But they got it done. Now if they win tonight, game one will be the Vivint Arena, one thirty Sunday. Tickets gonna go on sale. They're kind of full capacity. This eighteen three oh six. Is that what it is? Yep. Is, that, is it three oh six now? Okay, so you can get involved. Well, either way, they'll have a game one here. If the Clippers should win tomorrow night, then it'll be pushed back. But that's great news from the Jazz perspective. And at this point, I don't really care who they play. Uh, just get Conley healthy. You can, you can make a case. Well, the Mavs aren't as good, uh, but they managed to win, so it'll be easier. Well, the Clippers. They will give you an opportunity to have more rest because they'll force a game seven. Uh, And either way, you should, if there's a game six, the Mavs win, then they got to hop on a plane, come here, quick turnaround Sunday afternoon, no less, not in the evening. That's an advantage uh, if it goes the other way. The Clippers, they would have a quick turnaround uh, if they play game seven on Sunday and Conley can have more rest and – so you can just uh, spin yourself uh, around and around on that. Absolutely. Jazz is going to have to play well no matter who they play. Uh, I'm I'm comfortable with either team at this point. If it does go seven, you do get more as, more rest on the front end, but usually they make you make it up with a back-to-back the next weekend. So, What do you mean back-to-back? Like games on consecutive days. It's no. the one time they do it in the playoffs. No. Okay. But yeah. No! <laughs> They've done it before. They may not do it now. I haven't seen this. I they haven't won't. seen the schedule. I promise I you, say, that would be good. I hope you're right. With the TV okay. networks now, I think they don't. No, that's what he was going to say, and he said it because he was right saying it. Dang, dude! Thanks for saying it. it. You got something Tom. to say? Say it. Dang! Don't spit it. Say it. Dang, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I just you know the, what? I don't what? see the network <laughs> signing up for a back-to-back. That's just me. Right. I don't think we'll see that. Danny Ainge went on the radio in Boston. You got that, Yach? Let's hear it with Danny's own uh, own voice. Because he retired, and so there are people who think that he's all done. And then there's just a ton of stories floating around out there about this is just the first step in a transition to some kind of role with the Utah Jazz. And so does he want to work? Does he not want to work? How much does he want to work? What's going on there? So he goes on a, uh, a morning show in Boston, WBZ-FM, and he basically gets that question, and here's Danny Ainge's response. Been, has there been any kind of contact, anyone calling you yet? No, I, don't, I, you know, I haven't really made myself available Um but no, it would probably be too early for that. I need I need some time off. I need to get away. And um, but listen, I don't want to. I don't want to not do anything the rest of my life. I want to work, but I don't want to do very much. So 
there's not that many people out there looking for somebody to hire to do very little and pay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you're not like going to grow a beard and go. Oh, we went to the Letterman reference there? Apparently, yeah. Grow the beard. See Dick Van Dyke getting his Kennedy Center honors? He's he's growing a big old beard, yeah, too. He's like 100 years old. I know. He's got a big old fuzzy <laughs> beard. <laughs> so I hear that, and I think of the Jerry West consultant-type job. You know, West famously ran the Lakers, the Grizzlies briefly, and then he went to the Warriors and Clippers as a consultant. And so you keep your hand in it, but you don't have the day-to-day wear and wear and tear and grind and all that. And Kevin O'Connor, same thing. He's no longer in charge, but he still works for the Jazz. He lives on the East Coast. It's a short flight to scout the tournaments in the Bahamas and Puerto Rico. You know, pick the right tournaments, PK. Don't hit that mid-season event, you know, somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah, I don't know what he's interested in. I can't say, is that enough to keep him satisfied? Because that sounds good, and for some people it is good. And Jerry West was in his 70s, too, when he's doing that stuff. Ainge is 62. Yes. That's a different animal. What was what was Jerry doing at 62? I don't think he was consulting at 62, was he? I don't think he was. Right. So he that came later. Uh, so I can't speak to what Ainge wants in his life because it sounds good, but when if you're in it but you're not really in it, is that torture? Would you rather be all the way out? Because if you're in, you got to be all the way in. I mean, everybody's wired differently. He's had a lot of success <clears throat> as a player, and he did win a title in Boston. I mean, it's only one, but it's still one. Uh, and I realize Boston, you had 16, you had a bunch, and then you got 17, and now it's been a whole lot up before, and you haven't gotten any, you haven't gotten the 18th. But, but he's gotten the one in the 30, well, it's one in 35 years now. And he's got the one. 35 years since Bird's last last title. Yeah, and Jerry West at 62 was launching the Shaq Kobe three-peat. He would have turned 62 in 2000 when they won the first of their yeah. three in a row. So, so he was still right. Eyeball deep. He was still right in the middle of everything. Right. All right. Well, there it is from Danny Ainge. His own his own lips this morning. That's what he's saying and about what he's just, thinking. The, the he also not gets even the cold. He <laughs> also he also has. I know, but he's going to go on the radio show, and they're going to ask the question. But so, I, you wouldn't get calls. I wouldn't think within twenty four hours. Right. Well, we saw Andy Reid. He got fired by yeah, but that was a. And... He's a coach. He's at the ground level, and the, and they knew that was coming. Uh, I see that, and football is such a different animal. So I get your point. I think he could have calls by now, but I don't know that he'd have all the calls he's going to get. Well, he doesn't want, I don't even think he wants calls. He said he didn't make himself available. Right. So So there could be something out there that he doesn't know anything about yet. The Caribbean. All right. Kicking back. Nice. Uh, Key West. He said he wants time off. Hit the keys. So we'll see where he goes with that. There's all kinds of rumors and speculation. You can hear anything if you want to talk to enough people. At the same time, the Celtics acted very quickly. It was like the next morning. Well, that was I think, a major move. Right, but I think that they'd had that set up. Yeah, but up. that's two big major moves. Yes, but they had them set up. I don't think Danny woke up after the playoff loss and said, I think I'll retire today. Well, that's great. Uh, what, what is it to the, to the players then? Brad Stevens was already out the door? To another office. Yes. That's not very good. You had a game to play. Yeah. Guys, I'm heading upstairs. I'll talk to you later. So I need you to be all in. Meanwhile, I'm out. 
Well, he's not all the way out. I mean, he's around the corner. I mean, he's still in the organization. He wasn't quitting the, the organization uh, on It him. is different. I understand that, yes. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to share from the NBA? It's fantastic. <laughs> AD, strained groin, says he'll be a game-time decision tonight, and his status is up to the Laker medical staff. I believe, based on watching him fall to the court, that he's too injured to play tonight. That's doctoring from a long way away. You want to repeat what you were told early in the week, and do you have any update? I don't have an update, but on Monday it was that they hope that they can get him back for a possible Game 7, which obviously eliminates 5 and 6. Now, I think the Lakers will play much better because they got run off the floor. It was LeBron. What did he say? We got our ass kicked or something? Yeah, we got our multiple ass times. Yeah, he so, repeated I mean, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's obvious. So say the obvious because there's it's no true. sense avoiding it. No sense dancing around it. Uh, and, but I do think they'll have a better effort. I think everything was pointing in the Suns' favor. Uh, so I, it's not inconceivable that they could win or can't win without him. I think that they can. I think they can win. Any one game, I think any team is capable of winning. Hugh, yes, and huge X factor in this. How Chris, how's Chris Paul going to feel? He got the shoulder hit and was in obvious pain in Game Five. I mean, the guy is one hard screen away from going to the locker room at any given time. Well, then just have a soft screen. <laughs> I think have a breakaway more, screen. I think it's more likely that someone will set a hard screen on him. Well, then go away from it. Uh, there's no sense diving into the wall and getting That's, yourself hurt. There's some truth to that. A, a James Jones, uh, he, he goes on the ra- he goes on the radio once a week down in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see it, but or listen to it, I should say. But I saw a tweet where he said that Chris Paul will be ready to go. There's nothing more to say. Which doesn't mean he's 100% by any right. stretch. Uh, but then, and no matter yeah. how he feels at the start of the game, if he gets hit or falls on it, it could be really different. His face, he wasn't faking that. It hurt. He wasn't 100%, and it gets hit or he lands on it, and he's obviously in a lot of pain. Uh, yeah. Which makes them more but, beatable, but, but more vulnerable. Just take care of it. Don't run into screens. Don't die for the ball unless it's the end of the game and you got to have it. Play smart. Keep yeah. yourself upright. And they can screen you all you want, but keep away from it. And then it's up to your teammates. If there's a screen coming within 10 yards, you better scream it out. Denver's at Portland, 6 o'clock tonight. Denver's up 3-2 trying to end it. Suns at the Lakers, 8.30 tonight. Phoenix is up 3-2 trying to end it. Those games are both on TNT. And then the other thing today is to wait on the MRI with Mike Conley whenever the Jazz send out the results. Uh, Obviously, we're live and local all day long, so whatever hour, whatever show, uh, they'll be talking about whatever the word is on Mike Conley. I assume we'll hear something about when he'll be reevaluated. But how long will that be? Well, it all comes down to whether he can play. Mm-hmm. Not today. They're not playing today. Nope. So he didn't need to play today. Not playing today. To play not tomorrow. playing tomorrow. Right. Sunday at the earliest. Saturday. So he's got three full days. It was tomorrow. Sunday at one thirty. you said, right? If they play. If they play. Yes. It'll either be Game 7 of the Clipper Mavericks series Sunday at one thirty. Or game one of the Jazz, whoever wins it series. Well, it'd be the Mavericks. Clippers can't win it in six. So it'll either be Mavericks Clippers game seven or Jazz Mavericks game one, Sunday at 1 30. Longtime Duke head coach Mike Shashevsky called it a career in one more year. Final year, victory lap. Doesn't want to go out on 13 and 11. Six years removed from his last NCAA title, he's got a couple of Elite Eights in the last. 
what, last four years. But he's three years removed from the Elite Eight, I think. So to even go out with a, a big season. But he's leaning on the one and dones, and not just one. Roster seems to have three, four, or five of them now. Yeah, and that's hard to maintain. You're going to be 75 years old, so uh, why not, man? Why, why not? And Schreier's only 33 years old. Associate head coach, never been a head coach, played at Duke, been on the staff at Duke. The torch will be passed to him. Yeah, the, the never been a head coach, it doesn't bother me that much. Really? As long as you've been in with Krzyzewski for a number of years. At a program like Duke. I get it. A lot of schools, it would be okay. But Duke is certainly one of the top ten, probably one of the top five programs. Oh, for right? sure. Duke, yes, North Carolina, Kentucky, and what? I'm running out of schools. So. Well, now they got Mark Pohl, man. Yeah. Kid comes back, he makes a major uh, press conference out of it. The guy's a genius mm-hmm. marketer, man. Mark Pope is. Uh, but... I think we've seen circumstances like this. You know, when North Carolina, Dean Smith left, Guthridge was not much older, but he stepped right in. They went to the Final Four. They did. So. he What did he do? Uh, did he do two years? I think he did two years. The fact that he's been there for a good long time, you know, I think he's been there, what, uh, seven years? Yeah, he took yeah, over. Yeah, it'll be eight when he takes over. Wojciechowski, Steve Wojciechowski went to Marquette, kind of vacated yeah. that associate head coach job, and Shire moved into that position. Shazowski has a coaching tree. He's got ex-players well, coaching all over the country. If you're Wojciechowski, you'd be thinking, I should have just hung on for a little while longer because he's got fired uh, from Marquette. Or, but for all yeah, we yeah. know, they talked to somebody else and like, I don't sure. want to follow the man. I'll yeah. follow the man. I'll follow the man who follows the man. man. Right. Yeah. And Doherty did that. That didn't work. And that didn't work. That no. did not work at all. So it's a coach. You don't know. I can't say he's going to be a slam dunk, but I'm comfortable with him being there uh, for a number of years and understanding what Duke is about. I mean, he hasn't been away from Duke. He's been right there in the front line with Duke. When we come back, your feedback on today's show and the Game 5 win for the Jazz. That's next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Where is Joe Ingles in this playoff series? It's like Joey has tucked himself up into his mum's pouch, and he's nice and warm, and he doesn't want to come out. He's been non-existent in this series. Hey, are you guys going to have free jazz tickets and jazz swag at your upcoming live broadcasts and events that people can come to? I'm told the answer to swag is yes. Some combination of hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, 
jersey, something. Yes, some things, multiple. Hey, and most importantly, DJ will be available for uh, photos. I don't think that's true. Of course you will. Huh? Somebody okay. comes up to you and asks you to take a picture. You're going to say no? Oh, you, Are you no, that much more. of a freaking diva no, that no, somebody's not. going to come up and say, can I get a picture with you? And you're going to say no. You have missed the point, Mr. Outraged. <laughs> that was precise. I was making the point. How can I miss the point? The point was I didn't think we had a remote coming up, and then I remembered we have one tomorrow at yes. Lemma's Golf Tournament. And if you want to be at Thanksgiving Point tomorrow morning and get your picture taken with David James Nigglesdorf III, You'll you'll be able to do it. That's a fact. And please make out your payment to PK Kinahan. I, on the other hand, <laughs> don't even fund. talk to me. Oh, he'll take a photo with you. He's just yammering right now. Oh, I'm <laughs> going to get up early and do my makeup. No, you're not. <laughs> if we're lucky, you'll comb your hair. But that's fifty-fifty. Hey, you might be in a ball cap. In the morning when I may wake up, I cover my zits with makeup. And say a little prayer for you. I'm a big Dion Warwick person. <laughs> I think it's time to either talk more Dion Warwick or... What are we ragging on Joe Ingles for? Come on, man. He, so he missed a few shots. What they, they do? They want it all. They want to win by 40, not by 30. Come on, Gary. I he, he'll be fine, man. Shot 38% for his career in the playoffs. And shot 35% in this series. We goes for 40 in game two, I want you to remember. <laughs> He's not going for 40. <laughs> I think all of us would die and go to heaven if he went for 40. Though. If he does anything between 15 and 20, Jazz fans will be screaming and hollering and all sorts of pumped okay. up. I just want you to remember. If he goes for 40. Yes. <laughs> if he goes for 40, Donovan Mitchell is going to greet him coming off the court, and we're going to want to see it. <laughs> and it'll be a full house in this arena. 18306. He goes to the free throw line. People will be chanting MVP, and they'll be doing it in Australian. Clint tweets at us from now on. A gentleman's sweep will be known as the Donovan Mitchell sweep. Mitchell's got the best winning percentage in the postseason so far. The only one who's 4-0. Uh, Milwaukee. And I'm talking on the team. Oh. <laughs> you said in the playoffs. For the Jazz! Well, you didn't say that. Well, we kind of talk about the Jazz a lot here. We've talked about all sorts of NBA playoffs this morning. You have. I'm only talking about the Jazz because they're the only team that I love and the only team that means anything to me. RJ, the Jazz fan, says the Jazz are now going to withhold Mitchell from playing in the first game of every playoff series to give the other team a chance. And then they'll bring him in and demolish him from game two on. And I'm sure Mitchell would be totally on board with this plan. That's like a handicap in golf. I'll give you 10 strokes and I still beat you. I'll give you no Mitchell in the first game. But from then on, it's 350-yard drives down the middle of the fairway, and I'm making everything inside of 15 feet. Well, that'd be very impressive if you beat the Nets that way. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting over there in that jacket. Whatever, dude! Just, just <laughs> waving it hard in Durant. You better win this one. You imagine the pressure on the other team? Because you know he's coming back. Man, that'd be awesome. Uh, we've got one here from uh, Dr. Sarcastic Coog. Uh, yesterday's question, anybody expecting anything other than a Jazz closeout win tonight? And he replied, 
I hoped for a closeout win, but I did not expect what we saw. That was the championship contender we believed the Jazz could be. Now, we hope they can maintain that kind of consistency the rest of the well, way. Well, they're not going to maintain that kind of consistency. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think they're going to come out and shoot 69% from the floor no. in the first quarter of every playoff game? No. Outrageous. I do not. I don't think they need to. 60% from the arc? I don't think they're going to. And that was, uh, they bottled it and they needed. I do think it's not by accident, though. I think they wanted to just take away the will. Yes. Put this thing, this is a closeout game. We had three chances last year. We didn't get it done. And so let's just not, let's just kill this storyline. Who in the world wants to go back to Memphis? You know, Donovan actually talked about that after the game. He said, that's a three-hour flight to Memphis. And another game, and then it's a three-hour flight back. Nobody wants to do that. Nope. Nobody wants it. All right. Hans and Scott here up next with more on Game 5 and the series win over the Grizzlies.